Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's Thursday, and it's already January 15th of 2015, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast Best Games of 2014 Awards. My name is Steve Say, and this evening I'm joined by Mr. Justin Townsend. Hola. Rob Newmar. Hello. Jackie Turner. Hello. And very special guest, Mr. Bobby Shortle. Hello, hello. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was <laughs> well. There's like awesome. there's five of us here. I don't know who you're yeah. talking about. And we all talk at once. I'm like depressed by the January the fifteenth opening statement. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh, calm down. It's a new year. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. Well, like five weeks ago, it was January eighth for us, so we had a lot of time to <laughs> remember to to warm up to it. <laughs> all right, guys, new year, 2015. Uh, over the past few weeks, we've been bringing you our deliberation podcast for what we feel are the best games of the year. And tonight, we've gathered around the table once more to crown our winners. Uh, before we get to all of that hullabaloo, we're just going to go around a little bit and find out how everybody's break was. Uh, Jackie. It was good. Talking to the microphone. I, <laughs> I, I had a good Christmas. I got an Xbox One. Yeah. Oh, again? Again. Hey. Yeah. Like to be honest, I've gotta I gotta give like a lot of love to my boyfriend who has bought me an Xbox One, not once, but twice. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep this one. I'm not gonna sell this one. I like this one. Are you talking about your boyfriend or the system? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Both of them, I think. I would love to see his face if you did trade it back in. Oh, I wouldn't see his face. I'd see the back of his head. <laughs> we should totally do like a hidden camera yeah. thing. Oh my God, that would exactly. be great. Well, with a little help, apparently, from Justin and Rob, um, who pointed him in the right direction, I got the um, Sunset Overdrive Special Edition one. So Yay. it's white and it's really pretty. Yeah, I love it very pretty. much. It is. Yes. That's did, did you save the box and stuff? I did save the box. Okay. I actually okay. packaged my 360 up inside the box. Okay. So I kind of put the 360 like in the, you know, on the back burner for now. You're going to bury it in the backyard. <gasps> Why are you so I concerned that she, if you kept the box or not? Uh, just with those special editions. Oh. If ever you go to resell them. I don't think Jackie's like enough flip it in the... <laughs> Well, who knows? In three Unless or four years. Me. Jay would kill me. <laughs> yeah. If I sold this thing again, he would kill me. You're going to trade her? Trade her back her old <laughs> yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this old one for yeah. the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm keeping this one. I promise yeah. I'm keeping this one. I always keep the boxes. I so have do every I. console box I've ever owned, I think. Yeah, I keep my them for a little closet. while, and then I'm just like, why am I keeping this? And I exactly. throw it away. I, uh, I found in my attic my NES box. Wow. <laughs> the box that it came in. I have a lot of my Funko Pop figure boxes. Yeah, I have those too. That like I've got, I just counted, I have 47 Funko Pops and I only have about eight of the boxes. I'm like, why am I saving the Big Lebowski <laughs> boxes and nothing else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Rob, how was Hi. your holiday? Uh, everything was great. Great. Um, my brother came in from North Carolina, so the family got together. Nice. Uh, pretty fun New Year's. Yeah, so so in a whole, everything everything was fun. Just you know, nice relaxing holiday times. Tell so everyone what you actually do on Christmas Day. <laughs> yes. Come on, <laughs> share with the group. Uh, I um, there's a place that we rent out in Patchogue. It's a church that they let us use actually. Um, that my brother's friends and anyone who volunteers this year, there was actually like forty volunteers, and it's like a four day setup. And uh, we have people call, you know, less fortunate people. They call up, make reservations. Hmm. Um, they come in. It's set up like a restaurant. They sit down at a table. Uh, oh, we nice. have servers go up and take their orders. And then uh, my brother and I were in the kitchen and 
you know, that, that's that's how it works. That's awesome. Uh-huh. And then they're able yes. to take food home and stuff. So, that's great. Very cool. Yeah, it was a fun time. Every year it gets better and better. Did you hear, did you see the Ellen show, the pizza place that everybody gives a dollar, their slices are a dollar, and they're feeding homeless people? They oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty spectacular. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, the guy that runs a pizza place over in Patchogue, um, he helps out. Yeah. And we use his kitchen to heat up food plus the church kitchen because there's so much. That's awesome. Know. This year we had, I think, 450 people. And all 450 people took an extra meal home, so it was really like 900 meals. That's uh, amazing. That's oh, really that's cool. Fantastic. Yeah, crazy wow. yep. stuff. Really man, good. talk about feeling about good about yourself on gone Christmas. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't have. Jackie. Yeah, see, he doesn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I made him talk about it. <laughs> One of these days, we're just going to throw Rob a ticker tape parade for all of the nice shit that he does. <laughs> oh, for that everybody. he will never tell anyone. Yeah. Justin. Hey there. Tell me about being sick. I had a slight <laughs> bout of pneumonia. You had pneumonia? Yeah, very very small case of it. Like probably like the smallest amount you could get. <laughs> Were you like quarantined down here? Is it still yes. here? No, it's this is back on Christmas. We'll, we'll is it see still in, here? We'll see yeah. in about three days if <laughs> any of us gets sick. Climbing out of the walls. Bobby's ducking right yeah, now yeah, for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Most people don't get pneumonia. Yeah, I'm <laughs> special. I almost finished Shadow of Mordor. Oh, I finished and platinum that. Yeah, you platinumed it. Oh yeah. yeah. Damn, I'm on the last mission. I tried to beat it last night, and I just a guy. I jumped on him, t- tried to stealth him, kept throwing me off of him. I'm oh, like, yeah. what, what do I need to do to you, man? I beat that game too over Christmas. I didn't awesome. platinum it because over know. Christmas that was quick. You got that was like last week. She, she was chewing through games. Yeah, he oh, gave yeah. it to you. Well, Sunset Overdrive, I finished like within I think five days getting it. Okay. Like, knocked that out once i knocked that out shadow of mordor i did in like five days mm-hmm. and yeah nice. nice i didn't plan on it because i never do anything as good as justin does apparently <laughs> did <But> you not <laughs> did you get to enjoy there. yourself over the break yeah besides? i mean i had um i had family come in my sister visiting from texas oh and, good she uh, did come in yeah she came in awesome. um so we got to we got to spend time together it was just a bummer that i i got sick then she got sick then her husband got sick so everybody in my house was uh sick but that lended itself to a lot of video game playing um, it's not bad. I got to finish Grand Theft Auto, which we'll talk about soon. Um, I finished and I started and finished Shadow of Mordor in like four days. Hmm. Um, See, I say five days. He's like, yeah, I planned it in four days. <laughs> it was like See thirty hours, I mean? but like I was, I was sitting on my couch for like six hours at a time. So mm-hmm. it was nice to be able to just chew through that and play some other stuff. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was relaxing. Nice, awesome. Um, Bobby and I actually shared. How we spent our holidays. Yeah. If you guys want to check out the Talking Comics uh, comic book awards that were actually filmed, were live streamed uh, yes. last evening, uh, you can find those at talkingcomicbooks.com uh, or download it from iTunes or Stitcher or any of mm. your preferred uh, podcasting mm. joints. So we're going to uh, get right into it and start uh, going over our final thoughts for our categories and crown some winners and then get the hell out of here. So I'm going to pass the mic over on to Bobby, and he's going to lead the charge, so go for it. Cool, cool, cool. So um, we'll start out with the first category that we we went over uh, in our deliberations, um, which is Most Anticipated Game of 2015. Uh, if you guys are listening to this and don't listen to Talking Comics, the way that these um, this last podcast will work in our kind of 2014 award shows is that we're going to have kind of one final chance to give final arguments for the games that we think deserve to win these awards. Um, when we, when we talked over the, the three episodes, there was a mixture of both, you know, positive and negative talk about the games where they should be nominated or not. 
this is just about being positive about the games you want to make it, not about comparing them to the other games that, that are on the list. Um, so th- that's what this is going to be about. And we'll have a chance to do it. We'll go over some of the games. Some of the games we didn't really talk about over the nominations because they just they got into nominations before we had even had we didn't have to talk about them. So be, this will be the show to give them a kind of their due before we move on to t- 2015. But uh, let's start looking ahead. Most anticipated game of 2015. Our nominees were No Man's Sky, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Bloodborne, Batman Arkham Knight, and Legend of Zelda Wii U. Those were our nominees. Um, so obviously, most anticipated game is a very subjective <laughs> uh, category. You know, whatever is your anticipated is your anticipated. But in, in trying to um, vote and, and figure out what, what our talking games most anticipated game is going to be, we'll we'll have some closing arguments just so everybody knows how we vote on these things. Um, we do kind of what the MVP viol- uh, style of voting, which is um, there are five nominees and we each give them points. A first place vote is five points. A second place vote is four points. Third place is three points. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, third place is three points. Fourth place is two points. And fifth place is one point. Uh, and wh- whatever has the biggest total at the end is what wins um, that that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who wants to make? Does anyone want to make a pitch for any of the most anticipated games? I'll go first, quick. All right, Jackie. And it's going to be very quick because my most anticipated was Zelda. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I really don't have to say anything <laughs> about that should speak for itself. It's the new Zelda game. <laughs> Full stop. End of argument. Mm-hmm. Carry on. But Justin's <laughs> never played a Zelda game before, well, so Justin that might not mean anything to him. We had this argument already. He's also not going to be able to convince her. Exactly. Yeah. They're not game. all the same looking trees, okay? They will be different trees by the time it comes out. Yeah, but that's the- like saying... Batman's a Batman game, but you're excited for that. I know, uh-huh. but there's only been two other Batman games. There's been Three. so many. Wait, but oh wow, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but true. you, but if you've never played a Zelda game, then you you can have fatigue. True, it's true. <laughs> hey, Zelda's not in, it's not in last place on my list. Yeah. <laughs> to, they, to to the to Zelda's credit, I'm not that Zelda really needs to be uh, credited, but they have released a little bit more information since we've made these lists about uh, Legend of Zelda. And the stuff coming out has looked pretty damn good. And they have confirmed that if you like side quests and you like other things to do besides main quests, that that was like one of the big concerns was that it was just going to be this giant Zelda game where you were just going to have your main objective walking around this big world with not much else to do. Uh, It looks as if there's going to be tons and tons of stuff to do in that world oh i'm excited i'm excited to play it you know i've mentioned that before the fatigue thing and you know the thing with the zelda games is it's not assassin's creed you're not getting one a year Um, a zelda game is an event Mm -hmm. when this oh yeah absolutely is an event zelda game is an event so i think it should be high on this list of most anticipated but not as high as no man's sky (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) go for it I mean, No Man's Sky is, I don't think we've seen anything like it in games. I mean, if, if they can hit. What have you seen so far? From the game itself? No negativity. Just, All it right. Was a, it was a simple question. Yeah, it was no, a pointed simple question. Only because you can see the look on my face. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else would have got that. And you are pointing. Yeah. <laughs> I am pointing. I will try not to point so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, we haven't seen that much of No Man's Sky. We've seen gameplay videos, very short ones, some trailers. Uh, but we have read a lot about No Man's Sky. And if they can deliver on the promises um, that they st- they're throwing out mm-hmm. there, that that you know you could be spending millions of years exploring this game if right. you really wanted to, like literally millions of years, and just the the idea of being able to fly around a galaxy 
warp to another galaxy, fly into a battle that's going on, be like, the hell with this, fly down and be like, oh, I discovered a new species of fish. And I'm going to fly to another planet and discover a new species of right. dinosaur. And I'm going to fly to another planet and there's going to be somebody there. And that's going to be the first time in seven months I've seen another human. That seems really cool. I mean, this whole this whole category is is built on the idea of promises, right? Like what these games are supposed to be in our minds and what we're anticipating them to be. Yeah. <coughs> so, I mean, No Man's Sky has got a seemingly limitless possibilities to it. Um, and there's kind of this this major air of mystery that surrounds it, making it a very intriguing and, in my mind, a very anticipated game. And the thing about No Man's Sky is, with the rest of the games on this list, Arkham, Uncharted, Zelda, Bloodborne, and I'm going to even put Bloodborne in there because we've seen the guys from Dark Souls and Demon Souls do this type of game before. I'm terrified of No Man's Sky release. Like, I am so worried about it because that buildup in anticipation is at such a high that I am so afraid for it to fall. I know those other games are going to be great. I know that already. I know that the Zelda game is going to be great because everything that they put out, people love. This is the game that is just, like, at the top of the pinnacle of, like, oh, my God, please, like, I'm begging you on my knees, be good. But you know another good point um, about what you said about those games is, you know, I take your point about they are... Um, ones that you know are going to be good. But No Man's Sky is the original on this list. Everything else has got a precedent. There's been other Batman games. There's been other Zelda games. There's a pre- This is, you know, it's a good thing to ante- anticipate No Man's Sky because it's original. Yeah. It's, you know, we don't, you know, like you said, hopefully it's going to be great, but it's at least original. This is Jackie's like Joker. Like, I just want to see the world burn mentality coming to these things where she goes from like, what have you seen from this yeah. game to you should really be anticipating this game. It's going to, I think it's going to be really interesting. Slight and great. exaggeration. Just how I said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We know what's actually going on. I was head. waiting for the shoe to drop. Like she's agreeing. Yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Where is the, Oh nope, She's just agreeing with me now. <laughs> okay. Like during the nomination shows where she argued with me about Valiant Hearts for like 20 minutes. And then she was like, well, obviously it should be nominated. She's got, this is this is a new year for Jackie. Yeah, we right. need to in the next Absolutely. couple podcasts we're gonna figure oh, we have out to what the name theme. What year this is? Yeah, yes. I'm gonna be nice this year. It'll be my year of nice. Yes. How about that? The nice year of Jackie. agreeances. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's yeah. not gonna happen. First for anything. I, I'll disagree nicely. How about that? Um, I'll <laughs> but, throw in a, a a word really quick. Um, I'm I'm still super looking forward to Uncharted Four. Um, some of the I, I rewatched the videos that I saw, and the new newest issue of Game Informer actually reached my mailbox uh, about three or four days ago. And reading up on it and looking at all they've done to kind of amp that world up, and what they've done graphically, changing the look of the characters, aging the characters, uh, introducing new people and new worlds and stuff like that. Um, I spoke about it when we were doing our deliberations of just really loving those characters and loving that world. Um, I'm still like, I'm so ready for another round with those, uh, with those people. And it's actually a game. I was quite surprised. I was talking to a number of people during the break. There's a lot of people that are like major gamers that I know and are friends with and talking to online that have never played an Uncharted game. And you're looking at one. Yep. Yeah. She'd have a PS3. Yeah. Makes sense. Because yeah. I skipped that console. Yeah, yeah. Well, them. not only am I anticipating them making like a, you know, remastered triple collector's edition thing. Which they will do. Absolutely. Which they will do. Yeah. Um, but like as far as like current gen consoles and pushing the power of that system and stuff like that graphically and like mechanically and stuff like that, um, I'm just really excited to see what they do 
with a you know pre-gen formula moving it into this generation with all of the capabilities that they have at their disposal and knowing that this is a major major like flagship franchise for them they're going to want to blow it out of the water so i'm on total radio silence with that game now i don't want to see another thing from it until it comes out all right same thing with arkham fair enough arkham is first half of the year right june june okay so just in the first half of the year yeah <laughs> i got pushed um, yeah um yeah, I mean, I'm actually with Justin on No Man's Sky as kind of the one that I am the most excited for, for exactly the reason what Justin said, because we don't know what it's going to be. So I'm anticipating that highly. Um, my second was obviously uh, Bloodborne. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly think that No Man's Sky is the, the clear winner. It's like miles ahead of those things for me, just because I, I am excited to be in a world I don't understand and don't know what I'm supposed to do. And that doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. I can't wait. Like, I mean, I'm I'm excited for all those games, but I cannot wait for like a post mortem on that game mm. because I am sure it changed hugely after the reaction it got from that first video. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I I can't wait to see like the after effects mm-hmm. where they weren't even really backed yet. They were just like this small little yeah, studio exactly. that got flooded out. It's going to be fascinating to hear that story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. All right, so uh, anybody else want to say anything else about any of the games? No, I think we can move on. All right, okay. Moment of the Year is our is our next category. Our nominees for Moment of the Year were uh, The Last of Us Left Behind, The Arcade, Valiant Hearts, The End, South Park, The Abortion Clinic, uh, PT, The Door Slam, and in Bravely Default, The Reveal of the Bad Guy. All right, so who wants to who wants to speak up about a moment that they want to they want to push? I'll do it. Okay. Uh, to me, it it has to be the the arcade in The Last of Us. So we mm-hmm. should talk about this before we get into it. Spoilers. We're we're no longer in like the normal like deliberation stuff. This is kind of the first podcast back. Do we want to spoil things for people who might be listening to this uh, out there? I'd say like it's almost important to uh, be able to go into it fully. However, if you want people to be like, wow, that was the moment of the year. I'd love to go play that. Yeah. I kind of don't want to spoil it. Right. Yeah. I mean, but but in order to, if but for people who haven't played it, if Justin thinks that the only way to convince people, if he, if he thinks he can convince people to change yeah. their votes by saying what it is, um, then he sh- she should do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you think that, do you think the events themselves, like the, the events that happened, are what's going to change people's mind if they're not already invested in those characters? Or can you talk about it without really going into details about the events? Um, what do you think? I can try. Okay, I try. Mean, <clears throat> if you can't, then when, if you think you have to spoil it, then spoil it. But It's not the end. Of, it, the thing with the arcade scene is it's not the end of the the DLC. Okay. Or the, it, it's, mm-hmm. not, it, it's not that part. It's, it's the part just before then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll do my best. So, I mean, The Last of Us um, Left Behind is... This interesting DLC for The Last of Us that split, it's like a couple, three hours, three, four hours long. And what it does is it splits, it splits your kind of timeline. Like halfway through The Last of Us, there's, there's something that happens. And so half of this DLC is taking place in that timeline and half of it is, is a prequel. And the prequel part, I, I feel we can talk about um, pretty openly. Yeah. So it's about these, the, these two characters, um, Ellie and Riley. 
and um, they're friends, and um, they're they're doing what young teenagers do. They're sneaking out in the middle of the night, and they go to this abandoned mall. And that's where their entire story takes place is in this mall. And for the first half, they're just doing teenage stuff like walking into a Halloween store and trying on masks and then having a game where they're throwing bricks at cars. And there's no real combat to speak of in this at all. And they get to this part where they go into this arcade because Ellie really wants to see this arcade. And then there's this point where she really wants to play this one game that just does not work. And it's a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this is the part where I guess like sli- slight spoilers for the moment itself mm-hmm. comes up. Not in the, the, now this doesn't affect the story in any way, but it's this moment where Riley is telling Ellie to close her eyes and picture what's happening on the screen as she, Riley describes it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a fighting game. So you picture the two characters, and now her eyes are closed, and you could just see her eyes, and then you see. The, the the two characters on the screen uh, that are going to be fighting, and now you're having to actually do D-pad movements, like do a Hadouken. So yeah. it's going to be like, you know, forward press on the D-pad, now hit A, now do this. And so you're doing that with her, with Ellie, as Riley's giving you these commands. And that, that you could just tell in that moment, right then and there, that there's a very deep bond between these two characters, that they could experience something like this. Mm-hmm. And that I thought, gameplay-wise... And execution-wise, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a game where I thought, like, okay, I'm going to be controlling this video game as they play now. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm actually imagining this with them. Right. It's a stunning moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to back up, Justin, that's my my favorite moment of the year as well. I just – it's very rare that I connect emotionally with video games especially, and even video game characters. Either they're not written to the point where I can connect with them or – their story isn't that interesting just whatever the case may be it's rare (coughs) to have come into the last of us and gone through that ride with ellie and joel and have that been as as emotionally draining as it was to then go through you know uh, a series of scenes with riley and ellie and realize that like deep-seated connection between those two friends that in those moments that justin was talking about you like you get it like you really really connect with the characters you connect with a video game and it it just like you're watching any other you know thought-provoking or emotional movie it plays into those emotions that you have and it just like all of a sudden you're just sitting there and you're almost tearing up over a game and i don't do that and that that's what happened with this and like i said like rare super rare so i loved i love that game love that moment actually Cool. I do too, but you want to talk about tearing up over a game? I think me and Bobby can agree yes. on that. Uh, I was going to talk about, obviously, the next analog, which would be the abortion clinic scene. <laughs> what we just talked about. That would be a perfect segue, yeah, exactly. clearly. Chuckle, chuckle, yeah, rippling yeah. through the room here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Valiant Hearts, mm-hmm. um, I actually, with this one, I would love to talk about it in depth. But I would more love every single person that listens to this show to go play this game. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spoil right. the ending. Of and I think game. we actually talked about the ending on one of the, on the when, we, when we think, nominated it. Yeah, I don't think we went into we didn't, we didn't go into detail. We didn't go into detail. No, I found out because I found out after. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that it, it's it's much the same sort of feeling and situation. I think what you guys are talking about yep. with with the Last of Us Left Behind, where it's a it's a character moment. Uh, and it's even farther removed, right, than the last of us, because it's not going, it's not realistic, it's not photorealistic, right? It's very 
um, stylistic in, yeah. in in the, the character models. I mean, not the yeah yeah. yeah. So, lots of us also obviously has a lot of style to it as well. But um, these are not uh, realistic looking characters, and they're two D characters. And for most part, you're playing a, a puzzle game for the yeah. for the most part for most of the game. Um, for that to bring all of those elements together to a head where it ends with me crying. Oh, I cried too. And the in in, yeah. in the final moments. Yeah. Um, this subtle kind of beautiful but very sad moment I it was astounding to me yeah because it you don't think you're gonna get that in, in games like this yeah, game no, it was it was emotional and affecting and it was a surprise whilst also being an inevitable conclusion mm-hmm. in, in other ways yeah and it was it was perfectly done it was perfectly scripted right um and yeah it for me this was i've never cried at a video game mm. ever <laughs> and this one i was crying like a baby <laughs> so i would love pe- people to just exp- i don't want to spoil it i want people to go experience yeah. this moment and we all kind of know the the moment that we're talking about at this table so. yeah I, I finished it. yeah yeah so um we don't have to tell anybody at the table what was happening but see with me it's, it's hard that well this list especially um, the moment of the year, uh, because there are three moments on here that that all equally weigh on my soul. <laughs> and yep. Valiant Hearts, um, mm. The Last of Us, and then Bravely Default for me. Um, investing almost up until that point, I would say 50 hours in a game, and to have something huge happen and your jaw drop um, and this I can't even go into like anything obviously because mm-hmm. but I talked about it on the nomination podcast mm-hmm. um, we went into spoilers there but still uh, you know for, for me that that's a moment that that I won't forget mm-hmm. I've um, over the break I actually started playing Bravely Default again and knowing what I know now I'm like very intently watching and listening and picking apart every bit of dialogue and just being like, oh, you dirty rat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I will I will say that um, I, don't, I don't think any experience has stuck with me more than PT um, as something that kind of came out of nowhere and was this kind of wonderful genius bit of marketing for, for mm-hmm. a game. Hands you know, down one of the best things that... <laughs> any company has done yeah yes. just going okay yes. it's it's we're doing this thing and here it is go and then the internet having to figure it out uh, as it went and what it really meant you know i thought i thought that was great and actually playing it i mean it's a playable teaser just like the name denotes and so there's issues you know you're you're kind of not given any direction you're just kind of figuring stuff out as you go and there's stuff that's very obtuse and stuff like that but the moments that affect you the moments that get you are are huge um, I, I don't know. I don't think that because the thing about funny enough, I think the the PT stuff and the South Park stuff, although one is horror and one is comedy, they're both on the other side of the coin than the other moments we're talking yeah. about, right? Mm-hmm. The other yeah, moments we're talking definitely. about are things that are big character things that are emotionally affecting, yeah. um, and make us feel things that usually we don't feel with video games. We feel them with movies and TV shows, and I think that with South Park and PT do is they do something very different, right? They're, they're going for the more guttural. <laughs> Um, in the laugh department and in, in the fear department. Yeah. Um, but I both I think both are, are fantastic. But PT as a whole experience, not just that moment, but the whole experience, I think to me was one of my favorite experiences. Yeah. I actually, um, I played it with my nephews over the Christmas break. They had not heard of it. Mm-hmm. And so I got them to come around. They're 13 and 15. 
And how old's Luke? <laughs> Luke was oh, Nate and Gary came over? <laughs> yeah, Luke is 10. And he, first of all, I should not have let Luke be in the room. <laughs> no. Now, he decided, like, he knew it was scary, so he would not watch. So he sat with his back to it the whole time. And every time anyone else looked scared, he screamed. <laughs> Another mother of the year moment. He looked utterly terrified, and he didn't watch a single second of it. But my nephews played it, and, I mean, one of my nephews is four, uh, 15 years old, and he's six foot five. So he's a big kid. And he screamed like a girl the whole <laughs> way through this. Screamed like a girl. But they both loved it so much and they loved the idea of it. They were like Googling, you know, they were trying to mm -hmm. find clues and they were reading all about it. And then they went home and they got a PS4 for Christmas and they downloaded it and they played it with their dad. And then I got in trouble. <laughs> I wanted a story right there. <laughs> really? Was he angry at you? I don't think they were overly impressed that that would be the thing that I would recommend for them to play. <laughs> they went to like private school till they were like 13. <laughs> Yeah, but, very uh, okay, is de is Destiny mature rated? No, it's teen. Oh, it is yeah, teen. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Steve for but teen. it was fun. It was a good experience watching yeah. them like ah and screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> all right. So, anybody else want to say anything for any of the nominees? No. All right. Have we got them all? Yeah, we got them all. Okay. Um. All right. So let's uh let's move on to publisher of the year. We have only three nominees in this category. Um some like you know virtual face slaps by by omission um some of the <laughs> other publishers uh we have nintendo telltale games and activision blizzard um i, I want to we didn't talk about them we didn't really talk about many of these um because they kind of made the list very quickly and then we just kind of debated the reasons why the other ones weren't going to be on there <laughs> um i want to say just a little bit for nintendo um i think that nintendo takes a lot of punches you know from people uh and I think this year, if you look at their output, as far as a first-party publisher goes, um, and really any publisher that is putting out a significant chunk of st stuff, some of their games might not be, you know, you might not be a Kirby fan, you might not be a Donkey Kong fan, but every game they put out, um, superior quality. Um, wor yeah, they worked. Uh, they, they, all, they all looked fantastic. And in the case of games like Super Smash Brothers and, and Mario Kart, I think pretty much put out the best versions those games have ever had, you know? So I, I think that the fact that they're doing that, you know, on supposedly a system that nobody cares about, um, I think it's really, really impressive. And they just continue to do what they do so well. Mm. And it, it's amazing to me to look at that. And when you, when you go back and look at the year, if you're gonna look at the, the, the publisher and developer that had the best year, Nintendo is probably that company, you know? And I think that's really impressive, especially how, how, bad they had been doing the years prior as far as output goes not as quality goes but as far as output goes mm. yeah what is um it's escaping me right now the um the list of games from activision and blizzard we have hearthstone diablo well, i mean there's a lot of stuff but world of warcraft destiny yeah. yep. destiny those are the big ones i call mean of call of duty obviously destiny's activision? yeah it's, yeah. yeah oh wow yeah Bungie has a big deal with them, like a ten-year deal with them for for that. Yeah, because I always associated them with Bungie. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, uh... Bungie's the developer, but. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I'd say I think Justin is the best person to speak to Telltale. Yes. But I do just want to say before he goes, um, I managed to play the uh, first episode of the Game of Thrones game. Oh, cool. So this is my first experience with a Telltale game. It was stressful and anxious, <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. But you have to make 
horrible, horrible decisions very, very quickly. Yep, that's what they do. And they, I, again, no spoilers, but the end of episode one, something so huge happened that I sat there and looked at the screen for 15 minutes like, did I do that? <laughs> Was that going to happen anyway? Or did I do that? Do I start again? Oh, no, this is horrible. And Just remember. I can't wait for Roll with two. your choices. <laughs> blank will remember that. Yep, blank will remember exactly. <laughs> every, dot, time dot, dot. I, yeah, every time I made a decision, so so will remember that. And I was like, ooh, is that good? Is that a good thing it's now? It's probably remember? not good. Probably not right. a good thing now. <laughs> so I, but that's kind of my input in the telltale thing for now. But Justin, I know you have uh, a yeah, lot more to I say. I mean, they're, they're my number one publisher of the year. And, you know, they're, they're so interesting. I mean, these are the people that came out with that... Um, Strong Bad game. Strong Bad's game for attractive people, like, on the Wii seven years ago, eight years ago, yeah. whatever it was. It was a Flash game first. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And uh, their games after that were, like, not very good. Like, I mean, their... Jurassic I think their Park. Jurassic Park was awful. I mean, well, uh, they put Back out to the, the Future. Well, they put out Monkey Island. Back and they, to the Future And they good. put out Sam and Max. Those are both good. But they didn't have that, like, recognition, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the last thing they had put out before uh, The Walking Dead was Jurassic Park. Yes, which was true. Which was a train wreck. <laughs> And so they come out with The Walking Dead to, like, wild um, speculation if it was going to be good or not. And it was very good. And then people said, well, we want to see you do it again. And they said, okay. And they came out with season two of The Walking Dead, which I found to be excellent. They came out with The Wolf Among Us, which I liked even better. And then they're like, you know what? We're just going to start doing anything we want. And so they decided we're going to take another company's video game franchise and we're going to go take Borderlands and we're going to make a story out of Borderlands. And so episode one of Tales from the Borderland came out to great reviews. And Jackie got to play the first episode of the Game of Thrones one, which is like a Game of Thrones. That can't be good. And supposedly very good. Uh, I can't think of a company that has um, like more swag behind them right now. Like these guys have cachet. Uh-huh. If they walked up and said to, went to Marvel and said, we want to do an episodic game on Luke Cage, Daredevil, pick, pick, pick your poison. They could probably do it if they wanted to, because right now these guys can do anything. Everything they, they they touch seems to work. Whereas Nintendo, Nintendo can win Publisher of the Year, I think, any year. Like any year they release a Smash Brothers game, a Zelda game, and a Donkey Kong game is going to be an amazing year. But this is a publisher that didn't have this type of year before, and they only had one real stellar release before that. And so they had to prove it again, and then they proved it, and then proved it some more, and then proved it one more time after that, and then and then they threw in Game of Thrones. See, this so, is why we have these discussions. And well, I, I will say one thing. This is not a criticism of them. My only reservation about voting because I love them, is that they only put out one type of game. True. You know, that's that's the only that's my only reservation with, with what with what with their output, and they develop all of those games. You know, with that, I think they have two teams now. I think that's what it is. Two or three? I think it's three. It's three now. I mean, they're growing, obviously. And they they put out... Every game they put out is great. You're absolutely right. My only reservation about giving them Best Publisher is the fact they put out this one kind of game. Um, And and that's the only thing. The fact that they can work with licenses, though, and do them so well, it's tough to do licensed stuff well. And that's all they do. And they're all really, really good. Um, Really impressive. The way they captured the comic book world of fables in Wolf Among Us is really impressive. Yeah. uh, and that was harder than I think Walking Dead in a lot of ways because Walking Dead it's an absolute triumph is using characters not already established they're using a universe that's well established but using all new characters and Fables was using characters from that comic book universe and having to you know turn them and another thing is The Walking Dead at it, as this is coming out it could not be any more hot like it, it could not be 
a bigger property that they chose to tackle. Well, same with Game of Thrones. Mm. Well, that now, yeah. but the, now they were to grab Game of Thrones. But the the challenge I thought for them was seeing how Fables was going to do because I mean, for those of us, I mean, we all read comic books. We're all familiar with Fables. I mean, Fables is the inspiration for um, Once Upon a Time and what's that other one? What's that other show? Um, the one on NBC. Grim. Grim. Yes. So for them to take a comic book franchise that people are not really familiar with and to make it a great game. To me, was the, I, their most impressive thing of the year. Mm. Yeah, the artistic choices on Game of Thrones are good as well. They went with like a watercolor kind of feel, but the characters that you do know, obviously, there was some kind of motion capture because it's kind of freaky. They, Dinklage looks like Dinklage, <laughs> and actually, is Bella in this than he is in Destiny? I'll just throw that. <laughs> well, out there. that's not. I would hope so. <laughs> not, not difficult. Um, Rob, you were going to say something before I, I I spoke before. I was going to say that, uh, and to cap off their year, like right at the end of the year, their Minecraft deal. Oh yeah, uh, we can't really count that though because that, this is best publisher for the the year of two thousand and fourteen. So. No, I know, but yeah. a deal being made. That's true. Is, yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. Um, you know, I just yeah, I mean, they're great. They're all oh, they're good. I I think it's funny because I think really I think the problem with Activision and Blizzard in this conversation is only because they put out great games, but they also put out stinkers. You know, they might they might they work and they're fine. You know, like, but they put out the Amazing Spider-Man game th- this year. Uh, and oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Um, so I think it's really going to come down to Nintendo and Telltale. It should be interesting when we get there. Anybody else, anything you want to say about the publishers? Nope. No? I'm good. Nope. Okay. All right. So let's go to uh, Best Music. Aha. All right. We've got um, Transistor, Destiny, Bravely Default, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, and Far Cry 4 for our nominees. Boom. So. Right. Yeah. I'm trying I we're not we're it's not negative but I'll I'll say this Transistor has got some fantastic music to it um I we have the the soundtracks listed in one of the posts mm-hmm. and I just you know threw it on cleaning the house whatever um and I I have the other ones on I'm very familiar with Far Cry 4 I've played enough of that game now where I like know some of the songs mm-hmm. um and I've been playing Bravely Default I had time to check out Pixel Junk and everything but Transistor has got so much personality and groove to it that like the music's very intuitive with the way that the game works and 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 so on and so forth but just as a soundtrack I mean we're we're not talking about game mechanics we're talking mm-hmm. about just straight music yeah and the music in Transistor is something that I would listen to anywhere. Like yeah. I would, if people were if like they had a predilection for that kind of music, I would play that for them and then have them be like, "Oh, dude, who is this?" And be like, mm-hmm. "It's a video game soundtrack, man." Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I I really um. I mean, Far Cry Four is also super high on my list. Uh, but Transistor for me in in the weeks that we've been away and have been listening to these. Uh, I'm just super impressed with their their whoever they put in charge. Like their music team is, they captured the vibe and the world of that and mixed this kind of like smoky bar jazz mm-hmm. with like trip hoppy Portishead techno kind of stuff, and it's just awesome. And yeah. it's it's good throughout. Like yeah, the whole soundtrack is good. There are some of these other soundtracks that are on this list that some songs are really cool and really groovy and catchy and stuff like that, and then others kind of just like, well, I can skip this one. Transistor's the one that I left on and left on repeat for a while. Yeah, I mean, not any argument for me there. I mean, I 
uh, we talked about it in the in the look back we did but that's probably my favorite thing about the game is is the soundtrack mine too and that composer is awesome he did the stuff for bastion as, as well uh well, the female vocalist oh yeah yeah she's, in- mm-hmm. she's incredible oh. yeah incredible um so yeah that that's that's my number one probably by far uh transistor um i i, I won't i don't have any argument against it actually anything else i want to win more so it's funny like they gave you that humming button mm-hmm. And there'll be times where like I just stand still and see if I can hit the humming button at certain points in the music to kind of like add to the soundtrack and make my own thing with it. That's interesting. Yeah. Very, very cool. So yeah. Justin hates Transistor. With the passion. He doesn't want it to win anything. So he's gonna definitely gonna argue with you about this. I have this a whole one. page here of arguments I'm gonna throw against it. <laughs> <laughs> who else has got who else is uh fond of the um, soundtrack? Well, I I love the transistor one. I'm just gonna throw this out there though. Pixel junk. I'm amazed that you let me get that on the list. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's literally the only argument. I can't. If, if Steve just said all that about transistor. I'm gonna be like, yeah, pixel junk. <laughs> pixel junk is good. Yeah, pixel it is. Good I listen to but it. It's it's good. Not, I'll tell you the it's one. Not I mean, transistor. We're not going negative, but I I listened to to Destiny again. Don't and, you say a bad word about Destiny's music. <laughs> you can say anything you want about the rest of that game. <laughs> I just I love that okay, music. In the, in the, in the game. I'm just saying in 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 the list. I'm. I, I, I even nominated it and then going back to it and listening to this other stuff I just I like the other soundtracks better than that by comparison not that it's bad mm-hmm. just by comparison to these others that we've nominated I just whereas it was very high on my list as I as the weeks passed and going through them it it mm-hmm. dipped as as we went along the problem, well the problem. destiny is very atmospheric that's and it's the, music. That's so the thing. there's some like really awesome like like orchestral booming you know parts and but it's more about being in the moment and playing the game and you know tracking someone down and shooting does, the guns. It and, doesn't have an overall theme like Halo did. Uh-huh. It doesn't yeah. have that theme to fall back on. It's really quiet. Like a lot of it's super quiet. But like when said, atmospheric. It, but when it's time for it to go, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. with this new stuff in the dark oh, below, the dark, it's that like demented version of that classical music. On yeah, one, yeah. it gets it, 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 and it that's the thing. Crazy. It matches it matches up with moments right. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. See, yeah. that's what reminds me of what you were saying about: Are we talking about like soundtrack? Or are we talking about sound design? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of what I was saying for Far Cry Four was about that was more for sound design right. than actual soundtrack. Yeah, but it's, it, it, it's not just sound design. Like the music that's in, that's in there even during those quiet moments is be- I mean the, the music in the tower when you're walking around beautiful. The title screen music mm-hmm. while not as memorable as the hail, as the halo chanting or sounds mm-hmm. is no. still beautiful music. It's beautiful throughout. It's just it doesn't have that one theme that keeps like that you hear in every level. Like in Halo, you would hear that that oh in yeah. every mm. single level there'd be a, oh. some sort of yeah. Oh. Yeah. there'd be some sort of mixture in it in every level. And Destiny doesn't have that, mm. right? Mm. But just because it doesn't have that, it, it it's not just atmospheric to me. It's like it's an mm. overall giant like giant thing tied together with all amazing pieces it doesn't doesn't have that one string that goes through it though i really want to just talk about halo music now for like an hour (laughs) (laughs) you know i actually played a a fair bit of destiny over the break hugh and i were uh we're tearing it up while i was in canada and uh the game was fun by the way if we i can't believe you just said that by the way (laughs) by the way if we had done this now i would have been fighting for bayonetta for music yeah 100 percent I, well, I, the la- <laughs> when when you told me you finished the game, yeah. and I texted you like singing the last song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It is. It's, it's so just hilarious. for the weird remix of Moon River. I would have Moon, Moon River. River. <laughs> oh, and it's like the, like, the crazy like, uh, fast, like yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then you're fighting that dragon. Oh. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, but, well, f- for me, obviously, Transistor is, is high up there. Mm. Uh, Darren Korb and Ashley Barrett, those mm. are the, the... Well, Darren Korb is the the guy who does the albums. But right, right. Ashley yeah. Barrett is the female vocalist. Um, when that game was announced, um, they had come out at PAX and sang that song. Mm. And I played that on YouTube, like, over and over and over again. Uh, but my... Absolute second is uh, Bravely Default. Just that, I mean, that's an album that I could put on and walk around mm-hmm. and uh, beautiful orchestral. I got to listen to some of it. Uh-huh. Just it's, I didn't get to crazy. play. It. I didn't get to play it, but I got. I went and I chose to listen to the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and uh, uh-huh. it was very good. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. It's stuff. very. It's got that like nostalgic uh, flavor to it from all the like the Final Fantasy, all that like JRPG stuff from uh-huh. yesteryear. It's you know, like a, a new eclectic mix of all that stuff put together. Yeah, it reminds then... you of those of those great games. It's not; it doesn't u- reuse any of that stuff, but it reminds you of that fantastic music that you yeah. used to get I- I- in those games. Because um, even the newer Final Fantasy music, I mean, it's still good, but it, I don't think it's as good as it used to be. <laughs> um, and I think that the Bravely Default stuff is great. Yeah, I sat there and listened like. Same thing as you. I was like doing dishes and stuff like that. Like put the albums on and just listen to them. Uh-huh. So we could yeah, go through. just with the electric guitar stuff overlaying the orchestral stuff. And yeah, it's cra- crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right, so some good arguments there. Um, did anybody else want to say anything before we move on to uh, the next category? Nope. Nah, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about best looking game. Our nominees are Destiny. Child of Light, Bayonetta 2, Sunset Overdrive, and Infamous Second Son. I have a question for Justin. How did you not, over Infamous, how did you not go for Transistor for best looking game? It was number um, six for whatever, like we had three, and I think it was my number four. Because I was playing it last night. And I was just I was just staring at it and like watching like the sword drag along the ground and looking at the enemy designs. It had been it for me had been I, don't, I, I actually I can't even say this because I haven't played Second Son in a while either and I, I pushed for Second Son. I mean it, it is a it was a gorgeous game um, completely. It was just outside my top three. It I is. mean if I if I could probably go back and renumber it having played it again, it would probably be in my top three. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it's a gorgeous game. However, it's not. In it's not on the list. So the let's list. talk about the the, the, uh, <laughs> the games that are on this list. Who wants to uh, say their piece for one of them? Who has one there they clearly want to be heard? Well, I would say I was uh, talking to Justin about this over the Christmas break. So I got the Xbox One for Christmas, played through Sunset Overdrive. If I'd have played that game before, this would have made my list for more of the categories. Uh, But Sunset looks fantastic. There's so much going on on the screen at one time and you get so there's so much to look at but you're able to still focus and it's colorful and bright and this like the the artistic choices they make are fantastic uh, i i love to look at that game in fact at one point i texted justin last week i was driving down the road and i looked up <laughs> and there were a pair of sneakers over the wire <laughs> and i like there was that little bit in my brain that went blip stop pick them up <laughs> so, oh no this is real life <laughs> oh god you know that was a sig- real that was a real thing that happened i did actually get out of the car take a photo and sent it to just do you know what the significance <laughs> of that is what the shoes up on the on the the wires Isn't it supposed to mean like it's where you can buy drugs or something oh, it's rob shaking his head no is that not true where you could buy drugs no i thought it was commemorating someone that died yeah that's what i thought too oh it's right around the corner from my Can house. Can it be both? Yeah, yeah maybe it's someone died whilst buying drugs at the house. Could be. 
Could be. <laughs> you never know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can copy and paste exactly what you just said, uh, but for Bayonetta with mm. me. Um, Bayonetta is such a flashy, colorful, fast, beautiful-looking game. Um, I mean, like in my eyes, that that that's what's taken it for me i find it like astounding just how many things they can make look phallic so <laughs> oh, sure. know, there's that as well <laughs> did you get to play bayonetta she watched, watched me play it. bayonetta i literally couldn't say anything for like five minutes i was just staring <laughs> and the, the best part like, was we were recording yeah and she yeah. can't say anything oh yeah i was supposed to be commenting on it and i was just like ah, uh, i didn't even know what to say i love the the moans when uh like the the mm. lollipop come ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was within like the first two minutes of the game where you see like her from the side like opening her mouth and going ah oh, something like long and yep. cylindrical goes past her my, face i was my, like what is going on <laughs> my favorite thing about that game is how sure of itself it is and that it it has no shame and is just it is what it is it's really over the top it's very over sexualized but it, it does it in such a way that you know that it's just straight up fun and that it's not meant to be offensive in any way. The funny thing is, like, it's really sexualized for like the first 30 minutes. And then after that, it's like done. Like it doesn't, there's nothing, there's nothing left of, of that. It's just straight out right. action. That's because they put everything imaginable in. The first <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think like the very first shot you get is like a crotch shot yeah. coming up from uh, below. But it's, uh, but in, in the process, she also fucking kicks a plane straight up in the air <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but we're not talking about what well, we, we can talk more about the kind of been at it later because that's going to come up obviously we have it and i made in other categories but i mean for you know we talked about this on the on the the the, the quick look we did i guess we're gonna call it that <laughs> so the giant bomb name the look back the game of the year look back we did a fan at it too back. <laughs> and um we uh i talked about how impressive it is to me that there's so much going on and so much diverse things happening, um, running on the Wii U hardware and staying at 60 frames a second, 100% every moment, you know, um, it's beautiful to look at, you know, it's one of those games that makes me not care what it's running on, you know, I never never had a feeling where I was like, oh, I wish this looked better, I never thought that once during the entire game, Mm. and uh, I think that's, that's pretty special. I just wish it was on all the systems. I want more people to be able to. Yeah, but it was on all the systems last time, and nobody no, played it. So I that... know. Well, they're lost. Yeah, but... exactly. It wouldn't. Mm. Yeah, I know. But um, I'm gonna throw some love in for Child of Light. Yes. Um, yes, please do. In, in having uh, played through it and and you know exploring the game once again uh, for the sake of this podcast, that game one of the first things i noticed about it was just how like remarkably beautiful it really is and it's easy for one of those things to be like oh you know it's just a style and you know it goes away for you and whatnot uh after a while but then revisiting it and looking at it again it really is still so gorgeous and so impressive and the way that the art style lends to the story and lends to the gameplay and creates you know you are participating in this grand fable uh, of sorts and the, that's that bright watercolors with like the smears and the streaks and the flowers coming up and everything that I think it's one of the best uh, video game worlds that we've gotten yeah. this year. And much of that is because of the art style and there's possibility that style is, is so good that it makes just the whole game look absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah. I would get mesmerized by her hair. Just flying around. <laughs> yeah, I would just go back and forth on the screen just watching yeah. her hair flow behind her. 
Yeah. It's gorgeous. Absolutely just... And like you said, it's mainly the fact that not only is it gorgeous, but it perfectly... It's the perfect style choice for the story that they're telling. Yeah, it complements it really, really well. Um, while, like, things with, like, Sunset Overdrive and stuff like that are really wild and really out there. And it's another game where the art style matches the attitude of the game. Definitely. Um, Loud and brash and... Yeah. Yeah. It's just really cool that the, the you know, the art teams and stuff like that have such a clear vision of what they the world they want to put you in Mm. and child of light for a downloadable title is one of those things where if you put it on in a room and people walk by they're like what the hell what are you playing (laughs) and then you know you could even put the controller in their hands like well don't go in any combat but you can fly around (laughs) for a couple minutes and they'll just sit there (laughs) yeah so um yeah it was really um doubly impressed by that when i when i turned it back on uh over these past few weeks all right. I don't know that it'll be my number one, but I think it's gorgeous. <laughs> Anybody else have anything they want to say about any of these games? Yeah, I want to talk about Infamous. Okay. So, Second Son uh, was the the game that we I think we snuck on this list, and uh, I would say that's accurate. <laughs> you know, going back and looking at it, I mean, that is just an overwhelmingly beautiful game to look at. I mean, it it's not in the class that some of these other games are. Um, but style-wise, uh, you know, Bobby, you mentioned uh, like photorealism before, and that game is full of it. Uh, I mean, from the the, the amazing um, mocap that they used with Troy Baker, uh, to the you know the way that the city looks, the way that the uh, city interacts with you, the traffic, the lights, and then you add in you know things like oh the sun setting and it just rained and there's these puddles on the ground. And I'm looking at the neon lights reflected in the puddles while the sun's setting. Like, just absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous moments that actually, like, made me stop in the middle of the street to look around and be like, man, that is that is really pretty. It's the one of the first games I ever used to photo mode for. Uh, the, the the game I uploaded Twitter to mo- uh, the most. I mean, there's this moment in, in Second Sun uh, where you're first coming across Fetch. Mm-hmm. And she's she's got this drug dealer pinned to a wall. And there's just like this p- bluish pink neon skull, but like you're following this trail, and you're like you're not really sure what's going on, and then you turn a corner, and it is just neon flowing <laughs> right at your eyeballs. And I got up from the couch, went, I grabbed my wife, I brought her downstairs, and I'm like, this, this is, look at this. That was the first screen. Yeah, that was took. one of my yeah. first. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I sat there and stared at it for the longest time. I did not want to leave it. And so when I played, I, I was so happy to play through a second time to get to that moment again. And then all of Desmond's powers, whether it's the smoke power, the neon power, the video power, they all looked amazing. So, I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to win, but man, Sunset, I mean, um, goodness, Infamous Second Son is a stunning looking video game. And if you haven't played it, definitely go play it and gape at your TV. <laughs> that word <laughs> all right all right so we all good guys moving on so. yeah mm-hmm. all right so best multiplayer game our nominees were destiny diablo 3 ultimate evil edition towerfall ascension super smash brothers for the wii u and titanfall who all wants right. to go first anyone i'll go i'll, I'll, I'll fight what rob you want to jump in because i just spoke last uh i mean it's it's don't you start off with smash brothers no 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 (laughs) 
But Smash Brothers is now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jose player battle, man. Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't have to fight for, for Destiny. And, uh, I mean, I could just say the word, and everyone ha- will have their moments pop up in their head yep. uh, of how that game, you know, affected them and the fun that they've had playing it, whether it be you know, just doing missions alone or online with people. Um, First time you get through the raid was with a group of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or so getting through the second raid legitly for the first time <laughs> yes, like last night. we did. We did the second raid legit. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's that's just high on my list. Um, but I am going to say that I have, and it's funny enough you should say it, uh, <laughs> I've really, really gotten into Super Smash Brothers uh, nice. over the past couple of weeks. But is um, it is it the new one, or you said you were really getting into Melee? Because of this, okay. it made me go back to play Melee more. Um, th- it's a solid, solid, solid game. Um, mm-hmm. And the community behind it is absolutely amazing. So uh, Super Smash Brothers is, is way up there for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about Diablo unless you want to. No, 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 hmm. go for it. Um, I mean, I've been talking about Diablo all year, uh, but we're, we're talking about best multiplayer game. Uh, and I'm going to make some, some arguments for it later as well. But, um, just last night we got the 2.1.2, uh, patch update for Diablo for consoles. Can I just tell you that? That if it happened last night doesn't count for 2014. So we got you got to talk about the game in 2014. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like you can't you can't take us up into account. That's the only thing. Well, it's more it's more about all right. Well, I'll I'll make I'll make the argument. I'll apply that to something later. Um, I mean, four four player whether you're online with people from all around the world, um, very easy to get on and jump in with with people and run around. Um, four player local co-op is absolutely like just as, as amazing as everybody thinks or thought that the eight player smash is the four player Diablo is bonkers getting, I had, uh, over the break, I had four wizards going at once, uh, while in Canada, it was a beautiful, beautiful mess, just lightning and blood everywhere everything nothing ever slowed down nothing i mean a lot of the times it was very crowded and you couldn't really see what you were doing but it didn't matter because you were just having so much fun and feeding off of each other's powers and it's one of those games that i feel is you can put it in just about anybody's hands it introduces the player one button at a time people that have never played games before can play this game and as far as a multiplayer, gather your friends around and just sit and have a good time and create, you know, fiction fiction characters, game characters that are grossly overpowered and then throw them into a dungeon where the things coming after them are more powerful than that and there's a lot more of them. And the conditions of the game are always changing, which then has to, you, you then have to change your strategy you have to constantly communicate with one another because if one of you dies during certain battles and then another person dies, and if you all lose out, you get ejected back to the beginning of the dungeon. You have to keep in you know, communication with your players and work with one another and play off of each other's skills in order to get it done and conquer the higher difficulties of this game. Um, as far as local co-op goes and online co-op goes and multiplayer goes, 
that's where the sweet spot for Diablo is. It is not the best solo game. I Even though it's my favorite game, I will totally cop to that. But as a multiplayer game, it is spectacular. And that's what I have to say about that. All right. Uh, well, I'd say like um, almost on the opposite end of the spectrum, but for the same reasons, Towerfall. Yeah, Towerfall. That local, <laughs> the local multiplayer. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the co-op mode simply because I suck. So I've never done very well at it. But the experience of like, you know, we we played it all together quite a few times um, a while ago. And it's just so much fun getting in a room with four other people and having this simplistic, you know, it's not a big game. It's a simple game with simple graphics and simple mechanics. It's so much fun. That was the official talking games game before Destiny. It was. (laughs) It was. was. Multiplayer madness. That's what we were all doing. The screaming and the shit. It was the first time I heard Justin scream like a girl. And Rob thought it was me, but it wasn't. It was him. It's not the last time. Um, And just to to its credit, if you play, um, I've played a lot of Towerfall with my friend Mike uh, doing the co-op. And if you you can get your act together, it is a lot of fun. We've actually gone through all the dungeons and have done like the super bosses and, and unlocked all the stuff. And once you get a rhythm going and again, strong communication between players, uh, it's poetry. It's just, it's so good. Anyone else? I'm uh, going to fight. I'm going to, well, I'm going to put in a good word for, ta- uh, for Titanfall. Okay. Uh, you know, I, in a year with like a lot of great shooters coming out, destiny, uh, call of duty, um, Titanfall actually stands out kind of the most to me for the the awe moments and the moments where it was like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. I mean, <clears throat> those other two games I mentioned have, uh, have great multiplayer. I mean, I, I love Destiny's PvP, but I think Titanfall has been my favorite of the year. Just for that, I mean, that moment when you first get your Titan and you call it from the sky. I mean, the, the more I think about it, that, that should have been one of my moments of the year, that first time you call down a Titan. And I loved just the way that that game moved. I mean, th- that game moved wonderfully, uh, whether you were in a Titan or, or a pilot running on the walls. And when you were with a group of people playing together, it was so much fun to like try and like, okay, like we're going to wait, like come up with a strategy. Like we are all going to wait and we're going to drop five Titans or six Titans at one time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we just need to keep this score close for now. And we're going to all, you know, rampage at the end of the map. And I mean, getting those really close matches where, you know, next kill wins and it's like, oh, great, we won. Now kill them. Or it was like, oh, crap, we lost. All right, make a freaking run for the jet. I mean, it was just filled with spectacle and moments where it was like, okay, I'm like last kill of the match. Like we're waiting and it's like we were doing these, uh, I think it was like team deathmatch or whatever. And I can remember I was with a friend. And we're running after. I'm I'm on foot. He's he's in a Titan, and there's one Titan left. So I got my rocket launcher. I'm ready to do it. And my, he's like, Nah, I got this. And so he gr- reaches and grabs the pilot out of the Titan, grabs him, and throws him. And he doesn't die then. He dies when he splats in front of the wall that I'm standing in front of. And I was like, Oh, Xbox, record that. <laughs> and th- you know, I've I've shown that clip to you know anybody that's come over when I was playing my Xbox. Like, look at this amazing clip I I, I found in Titanfall. And so I mean, just for me, I I can't wait to see what they do with the next one. Mm-hmm. I thought that multiplayer was really fun, and I hope that the second game comes to more consoles so people can experience it. But Justin, Super Smash Brothers. Oh. <laughs> and Destiny. Oh. Destiny's my number one. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, I thought, you sa- I thought you just said before that Titanfall was yeah. your... Ti- Destiny encompasses more than just um, 
PvP. PvP. Yeah. I mean, the PvE stuff, when you add that stuff together, it's number one by a mile. And mm. I, I, I find that the PvE moments are more memorable than the PvP yeah, moments. Yeah, definitely. Well, because they're... Because for the same reasons... Actually, the same reason I love Smash Brothers, it's kind of similar to me. It's this shared experience that you're having. Even though Smash Brothers is competitive, yeah. that it, it's it's like the virtual way of sitting on a couch with with four to eight people now uh, and, and doing one of these big matches and, and the kind of stories that come out of the moment-to-moment action in Smash Brothers. Um, that's why I think the PvP stuff is so great in Destiny because it's all more about the the social interaction than even what you're doing at a certain point. After you've done it, you yeah, know, 5,000 times, you get to a point where it's just more about, it's almost like being in a chat room where you happen to be shooting people. You know, that's <laughs> kind of what it is. But for me, for Smash Brothers, there is no, still no game that when I sit down to play it, I have more fun playing it. You know, no no game that makes me yell more, that that gives me more like, oh, moments th- than Smash Brothers does. And every time I've played it with you, I've tried to make it not fun. Yeah, it doesn't and work. it still has fun. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, killing you is a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. See, um, the whole reason why that jumped up on my list is uh, a couple of weeks ago, I watched a four-hour documentary. Oh, really? <laughs> On Smash Brothers. It's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, it's cool. broken up into episodes mm-hmm. also. Um, one of the most fascinating things I've watched, and it adds so much to the game, <laughs> knowing all of like this backstory and stuff. Uh, it's about the competitive scene and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think we should cool. sit, have a viewing night, sit Jackie down, Turner. Yeah. Four hours of watching, <laughs> yeah. not even playing I it, think, I think that would not program. be... I think no. it would do the opposite for Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the game moves lightning fast, again, um, 60 frames a second, always, 100% of the time. Um, the, the game looks gorgeous. The stages are, uh, for the most part, are fantastic, um, except for that fucking Donkey Kong stage, which I can't stand. I hate that stage. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, just those that action moments, the, the character roster is huge and, and ridiculous and um, is everything I could want from a game like that. Um, have you seen all the videos about the uh, the stages that people have created? Yes. I haven't been watching the videos. Yeah. Right, you give people the opportunity to create and they come up with dicks. Yep. Yeah, always. <laughs> always. 100% of the time. Everything. They yeah. make 1-1 one, one for Mario <laughs> and then they, they make dicks. That's the two things they make automatically. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's another testament to, I think, Nintendo's craftsmanship in, in, in their franchises, but it's also just the the most fun I have when I sit and play a video game. When I think of what's the most fun I have in playing a video game ever, it's Smash Brothers. So, that's why, for me. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Anybody else have anything they want to say? I think we covered everything. All right. Uh-huh. Best download only game. Mm-hmm. Our nominees are Transistor, Child of Light, The Swapper, Hearthstone, and Valiant Hearts. All right. All right. This one makes me cry trying to pick something. This is my favorite of our <sighs> categories, though. Yep. I think the nominees are all really, really strong. Yeah. Um, I mean... For me, uh, the Swapper is m- m- probably my top five games of the year. Um, I had a chance to play that. I know you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I always, I have this funny thing where in my head I'm like, I love puzzle games, mm-hmm. and I sit down and I play it, and after ten minutes I'm like, I fucking hate puzzle games, I and I get really angry. <laughs> but it's fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. Uh, the, we we talked about the look of it when we did the podcast, um, the other podcast. It looks amazing, everything, mm-hmm. and it is is a physical object scanned into the game, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, the puzzle solving, and and it does the thing that the best puzzle games do, which is 
you stare at something and you stare at something and you stare at something and your brain goes, there's no way to solve this. There's no way to solve this. And you drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. You're writing like diagrams down, like <laughs> the red one's here and the blue one's here. But if I shut, if I get in the switch and I turn it off of it and then when you figure out the answer, it's so easy. you're like, of course that's the fucking answer. Like I'm such <laughs> yep. an idiot, you know? Yep. And and that's what I, what I love uh, yep. uh, about, about a game like that. Well, because you forget that there's there are ways to solve the puzzle that you just you totally yes. dismiss yeah absolutely and, and it's, yeah it's the honesty about it it's the fact they're not tricking you well yeah. the game doesn't really the one thing i will say about about the swapper and i played through the entire thing and i, I loved it um they and this is almost to the game's credit this is not a complaint but they did not really tell you you know you can do this in order to solve this, like you just had to figure it oh, out. Oh yeah, absolutely. They give you the basic That's mechanics. One of the best parts about it. Yeah, they let you know that you know, you can't you can you can place into a blue, but you can't shoot through a blue. You can't shoot into a red, but you can shoot through yeah. a red. You know all of all of these things that they kind of teach you how to do. Yeah. And honestly, like what's Portal is one of my favorite game franchises of all time. Portal Two might be my, one of my in my top three games of all time. The thing about Portal is that. It makes you feel really smart when you solve these puzzles, but there's really one way to solve every single portal puzzle. You just you just got along where everybody else eventually got to, right? Mm-hmm. The, the swapper is similar to that. There is one way you're kind of supposed to solve the puzzle, but there are definitely ways you can solve the puzzle in ways they did not intend you to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is really really cool. Um, and I loved when they start layering on mechanics. Uh, it's awesome. I think that the story in the game is really cool and interesting, and we talked about the ending. Um, yeah. And the atmosphere. Yeah, the, the atmosphere atmo- oh, yeah. of the game is, is really very well done. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're kind of creeped out by it. You're very intrigued yeah. by it. Um, and that moment at the end where you have to make that choice is, is really yeah. awesome. And, and, it's almost got that alien feel. Yeah, definitely. Like you're in this kind of deserted, and it, yeah, it has a kind of tension to it. Even though you know there's no combat, nothing's going to come jumping mm. out, it's still got this kind of, tension yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah and, and like i said it's i like the fact that all of the mechanics are there they've given you everything you need there is no trick there's no yeah like they're not gonna be like ha ha mm-hmm. they, they tell you how to do it yeah it's not their fault if you can't figure it out yeah <laughs> and they turn a puzzle mechanic into a character and story mm-hmm. device you right. know that the act of the swapping becomes a plot point and a deep character moment for the game, which is most puzzle games are just like, this is your mechanic, you do it, and that's just that's, that's, that's what puzzle that's games very, are like. That's yeah, I hadn't even thought about it. That's yeah. very clever. And they turned yeah. into a story point. So that it just blew me away. I had heard about it because it came out on PC last year, first time on consoles this year, and when it came out, I had to play it, and it didn't disappoint me at all, even with huge expectations that I had for it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that's what I'm gonna pimp for. Rob, tell us about. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Hearthstone is probably your number one. Yeah. 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 So give 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 us the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Uh, Going off of what I said from from getting it onto the list, uh, it's, it's probably one of the easiest games to put in front of someone that has never played like a, a collectible card game. Put it down, play through this one little demo part, and then there are so many possibilities. Um, it's a beautiful social game. Uh, I love just sitting there and you know, p- playing my friends, the amount of decks you could build. Uh, although a lot of decks at this point, people have just found so many ways to, well, just like magic to ex- exploit. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say exploit, but th- they've come up with such good strategies that, you know. Well, they're good at the game. Exactly. Uh, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, it can't always be everybody in the playing field. There's no reason to keep playing if people can't get better at it. Yeah. Um, 
but no, I mean, I, I just love it. I love being able to just walk around with my iPad and, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I'm going to play a game now. Let's, let's build a new deck. Uh, yeah. I am uh, w- awaiting the day when that's released for iPhone in some yeah, soon. form. Soon. Oh. Um, so I can't play it on my iPad because my iPad is old. It's an iPad 2. It just, it just runs like crap. Oh, okay. I, I got it for mine. And yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. And like you said, um, the good thing is you can put it in front of anyone because I've never played a card game of that kind before. And, you know, there's like a basically a 10-step tutorial mm-hmm. you play through and you collect cards as you're playing through. And you're not going to, even though it's a tutorial, you're not going to win every match. It took me ages to <laughs> unlock some of the characters. Yeah. But it's it's fun to play. And it's, um, it in the, again, with the strategy, like the thinking it through, there is a way to do it. Mm. And it's almost like chess. You're kind of looking at the cards you have. You're looking at the cards they have that you know, you know, that they've played. And you're trying to think three or four steps ahead mm-hmm. as to what is going to get you further and what's going to take points off of them and who do i attack and so it's a it's a great strategy game yeah i mean i did play i i built my rig over the break uh, my gaming pc so i was actually it took up to my tv so i'm actually <laughs> i'm sitting there playing hearthstone on a 55 inch <laughs> lcd screen that's, that's awesome fantastic. <laughs> sitting on my couch um and i had a good time with it i am not very good at it i had a lot of trouble beating some of the like i haven't even gotten through all of the I'm sure I'm not fa- I'm not fantastic not that. through all of the, yeah. the like you know the characters to unlock all the, the characters but what I do like about it is that it, it's it's a game that I want to go back to when I'm sitting there and I'm like oh, what should I play it's it's a game that's on my mind you know that I'm like okay I could play mm-hmm. I'm gonna play a couple rounds of, of Hearthstone and unlock some cards do some stuff and the, the simplicity the great simplicity of the the system is that it's the, the as far as like the attack and and you know hit points that you have it's very simple it's like you have three hit points you have five attack points you know and the person the card across from you has this many and this many and the fact that you know it tells you whether or not if you're going to attack someone it's going to it's going to take you out as well um you know the the strategy with you know how often do you attack the the hero and how do you take out the you know the, the, the cards that are on the board because it's important obviously you want to get the hero down but if you let too many cards get out on that board then you could be done in in a one round exactly oh, that was always yeah. my problem yeah is i i would just attack attack and i'd be like yeah this is good he's gonna go down soon and then no, before no. i know it there's like eight cards opposite me yeah i'm screwed yeah <laughs> we'll see the thing is is like magic the gathering is an amazing game mm. uh expensive but right. amazing uh you could just sit there and be like okay i want to go buy packs buy packs buy packs oh the new sets yeah. out I'm buying mm. packs um so the fact that this is free is is great a great entry for for people to play these kind of games and then like you were saying how it's right on the screen in front of you you tab over something it's going to tell you okay it's going to take that many hit points off mm. um visually it's it's just gets people into the game because you don't have to sit there and do the math you just yeah. tab over and okay okay that's what it's going to do yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely very cool game yeah yeah who else wants to talk about a game here about something they really want to they want to push justin I know you've got something to say. I've got something to say about. I got something to say for a transistor. Yeah. Do you? Are you gonna? You gonna? I'm not gonna say it now. Yeah, I can say it now. I know. I know. <laughs> you saving it for later. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, transistor is my number one, but the swapper's not my number two, and I hate that game. <laughs> I, I I'm Love so I'm, it, you know we were talking about this before the podcast started, but I'm so stupid when it comes to those games. Like, just I am inept, and I play those games, and I'm like, just give me a freaking guide. <laughs> I just want to get through the game. But, I mean, I, I just 
maybe it's like a, just a time thing and like because there's so many games i want to play like sitting there for a half hour and looking at a puzzle like in portal like you would look at it and you'd be like it's in front of me it's in front I, I i just need time but the thing is like i don't have the time now so i i mean i hate feeling stupid but i love everything else about that game <laughs> you know, so the other good thing with it though is it, it is one of those games where you can sit and you know you get stuck on something but i've had one level where i was like doing dishes and i was like oh sorry okay. <laughs> i was doing dishes and i was like oh that's how you do it mm. and then you go you turn it on, oh yeah and you finish it it's one yeah. of the things you get up you get, you get the, the i love puzzle games they're one of they're probably my one of my favorite genres and when you play a lot of them, the thing you learn is exactly that. If you can't solve something, you're not going to solve it by beating your head against it. Turn it <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Go do something else. And when you come back, all of a sudden, it'll be the easiest thing in the world for you to be because your mind yeah. has absorbed it. Exactly. I said the same exact thing before we even started. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Before you walked through oh, the yeah. door, I said mm-hmm. that sentence. That's <laughs> so. I always do. The funny thing about you say about the thing about Swapper that challenged me, though, because with Portal, the thing for me is Portal starts out challenging me, though, but I get into this mindset where I'm thinking in like the language of the game. I'm thinking in portals. So when I'm playing, I'm like, okay, it goes there, it goes there, it goes there, I do this, do that, I'm boom, 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 you know, and I might not get it the first time, but once I'm in that mode, you're it, in the mode. I'm you just can, going, yeah. you know. The swapper, I could get in that mode sometimes, but then there would be, it would just be a, there'd be a puzzle that would just grind me to a halt. I'd be like, There's, it's all fucking red. Like, how do, <laughs> how am I supposed yeah. to get through this thing, you know? There was one, yeah. I forget where it was, and I'm only like maybe like an hour or so mm. into the game, and I sat there for 20 minutes, and I was mm. just like, I just like, I don't see how it's possible. Like, yeah. I, I can't figure yeah. it out. And <clears throat> I, I had one of those moments where it was like, you know, you're right. Like, you know, you're like, I'm going to either break my controller in half yeah. <laughs> or I should walk away. Mm-hmm. And usually you're right. Like with Portal, same thing. Like mm. walk away, come back, and it's you would, you'd figure it out. But I, I just I, – I never ended up going back to it. I'm going to do it now if it will ever download on my Vita. It just <laughs> it, it refuses to let me download it from the store. The option's not there. So how I'm, how were you with – with like braid and stuff like that did you play those games you know braid braid uh me and my buddy eric we sat there and we went through the whole game in one sitting uh-huh. and i was glad you know it was easier for that because you have two people looking at it mm-hmm. and while he's like we were taking turns through levels while he's look like playing i'm watching and looking at things from a different angle than him yeah. but other games okay. like it that i will get people, yeah definitely. other games um like portal what's what's like another good one like um thinking wise yeah like thinking well, wise I mean, where it's like i have to touch i have to move oh like limbo limbo yeah limbo limbo frustrated the hell i mean yeah. it, you're right they're, they're yeah. fantastic games and once you see once you see you can't see just past that little thin you know piece of cloth and but yeah. once you like move that away you're like oh it's it, it's all right here in front of me it's just yeah. that piece of cloth just refuses to ever move from me yeah. see everyone, i everyone, i love oh go ahead no, i was go gonna ahead. say everyone remember lemmings yep yep oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. drive me crazy those little fuckers crusty <laughs> super fun house there's like some uh-huh. manner of that in the swapper because mm-hmm. they you know they, they only walk the way you walk yes you know and there are definitely times where i forgot that playing the game i'm like i got it mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh <laughs> you just exactly. walked off the side of that thing. Exactly. Uh-huh. Now I gotta get him back up there. Do you remember I mean, building staircases in Lemmings? Oh yeah. And they'd keep walking off one, and then you build another, yep. and you yep. just have a oh, yeah. maze of yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But with, um, with those puzzle games, I mean, growing up with like Shadowgate and then Mist mm. and Seventh Guest mm. and just all those thinking type games, that that that's why I love the Swapper. I love yeah. those kind of games. Yeah. One of the um the coolest things, or one of the mechanics in Swapper that I 
it took forever to figure it out, but once I did, was having to like make a copy of yourself and then transfer over to it and then turn around mm. and make another copy of yourself and move forward. Yeah, and keep like, like, an, like an assembly line. Yeah, using the walls yeah. and stuff. To, yeah. to get people moving. Yeah, that was that's a big part of it. Like making somebody walk off of something and then yeah. walking backward to to shuffle them into mm-hmm. another to you know merge yeah. them and yeah. then be able to create another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but really, really quick before we move on to the other category, um, Hearthstone is, is what I would be throwing my weight, uh, around and a little fun fact before we move on right now in my car outside is a entire case of Marvel Dice Masters packs. (laughs) Oh wow. 90 packs. (laughs) One of those giant things that later on this evening, I'm going to open up and spread out and just at random, uh, my friend Brendan and I split the box. We found it for real cheap on eBay. Um, so I got the starter pack and I got the 90 set today and that's all because of Hearthstone. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to character of the year. We're down to our last two categories here. All right. All right. So character of the year, our nominees were the transistor from transistor ring a bell from bravely default Riley from the last of us left behind Anya from Wolfenstein, the new order and Emil from Valiant hearts. Those are our nominees. So mm. who's got uh, who's got some fire in their belly? I've got a question. Shoot. Okay, and it's for Justin. Hello. Hi. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Good. Tell me, I was, I've been playing through Transistor. What is it about the Transistor that you love so much that that he, he made it onto this and made it onto this list because of your vying for it? No, I was there too. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. Jackie, Jackie was well, there too. Is, I think it started with Jackie because she wanted red, right? Yes. And then I felt that if there was going to be a character from Transistor, it should be the Transistor. And then we had a dis- we had that discussion about it. I mean, <laughs> he has a very me. sexy voice coming out of your controller. It's mm-hmm. very. Mm-hmm. It is. It's good. It's my favorite part of the game. It's on the list <laughs> when I go to talk. He about sounds it. like a like a like a noir gumshoe. <laughs> yes, yes, I think. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I just felt that he. Um, you know, when we were having that discussion, I I, I just thought. He's a dude in a sword who knows that he's dead. It's like it, it's like um, I'm trying to think of the, of the exact uh, example that I want here, but like you know you're dead. You know you're dead. You're just not there yet. So like in movies where it's like, oh, like I I know I only have 24 hours to live, or I know that I have a disease and it's going to take me, or I know that I'm a ghost and my ghost is only going to last for so long. I have to accomplish so much. He's a dude that has that future in front of him he's trapped in a sword and he knows where his end game is at and he's constantly doing whatever he can to take care of the woman that he loves while in a sword that's hacking down enemies it's it's a very interesting um position to be in for a character and mm-hmm. uh i thought i just thought it was one of the more intriguing characters of the year definitely and and my favorite thing about him um like when they use the terminals to communicate yeah just the way he's because he's not sitting there talking to someone he's reacting to something that's being typed out and and just his performance uh well i mean obviously it's not the the characters mm. you know his emotions to to what's being typed out is oh don't say that absolutely amazing don't say that what well, no that, that he he would say stuff like that like oh yes yeah. yes yes yeah. i'm like what do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't by all means don't yes. say that <laughs> <laughs> my, nice. I mean, my my number one character was Anya from Wolfenstein. Okay. And um, the more that we – I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, I struggled with her versus Fetch. 
Um, but I feel like the right decision was made by putting Anya on the list, and she, she's so amazing. Um, I'd love to see a Wolfenstein game with Anya in the lead. Like, hmm. I think that would be great. Um, uh, we talked, uh, I don't know, we just, we talked about a lot of things that she did. She goes from this, like, this nurse that's taking care of you to, you know, seeing the things that happen in her life, uh, to at the end, you know, seeing her leading, leading people to safety. Uh, we talked about the mature aspects of the game. I mean, the way that they, that game handled sex, uh, was, you know, really interesting. I mean, the from the, the you know the first time that you see it where it's just two characters you know and struggling they could die at any minute and she's just like you know what let's you know in a mature way like what do you think like this could be our last night like, why don't we do something about it and then she's always the antagonist for that type of stuff it was just interesting to see a character especially a female character take the lead when it comes to that stuff because you know and the funny thing is that she's with i mean the walking definition of muscle Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, BJ Blazkowicz. So she's the one that's that's taking the lead with that stuff. She's the one who's at the end of the game helping the survivors. You know, she's just a really cool character. And I'd love to spend more time in that world with her, whether, you know, she's another NPC or, it w- I mean, it would be so daring of them to do it, but have her be the lead. It'd be really interesting. Right. Cool. All yeah. right. I would like to say a little bit about Emil okay. from Valiant Hearts. Um I think his story arc is very interesting because he's a man who, like millions and millions of other people at that time, was thrown into an impossible situation that was completely out of their control. And everything he does in this is not for him. Everything Mm -hmm. he does in this is for the next generation of his family. It's for his daughter and for his son-in-law and for his future for the future of his his home and his country and his family mm-hmm. and it's a noble cause and he goes about it in a noble way and the end just sums up everything about that character yeah absolutely it's 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 a great arc and you know it's funny because like a lot of great character arcs you know that moment that happens at the very end is a culmination of a lot of what happens in the story but that moment at the end is not the turning point for Emil for me. It's the it's the story that it's the moment that leads to that. Yeah, it's the moment yeah. where he has to make a choice to either survive or do the right thing. Right, and he chooses to do the right thing. Knowing Choose, that it, knowing yeah. that it's going to be it's going yeah. to probably it's going to at least mean he's going to be in jail for a very long time. You know, and that is a, a beautiful character moment. And it, he goes from someone right who is just trying to survive that's what he's trying to do most of the game he's just trying to get he's not even a soldier right he's, you know he's he's cooking for soldiers yeah he's just he's kind of slave labor he's been enlisted and... yeah he has one goal the entire game get out of the war and get back to his family that's the only goal he has to yeah. preserve himself to get back and through the game he does things that save other people absolutely he's a, he's a very noble character but that one choice is the choice between going back to his family or not going back to his family and he chooses the righteous thing to do which is an amazing moment i think for a character it's a very well written character Hmm. um especially for like we said again for a a 2d puzzle game yeah you definitely don't look at that character and think you can uh really be emotionally attached yeah Uh, you know and again not taking anything away from the the artistic choices Mm. but it's not a realistic looking no not at all so mm. to become that emotionally attached is a product purely of how good the writing is in that game. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, on the other side of the coin of that is Riley from The Last of Us DLC. 
um, you know, almost for the exact opposite reason of being able to identify and endear yourself to a character that is so full of emotion and does take a character that you're already familiar with and lends so much more uh, weight and just like agency and mission behind what she mm-hmm. does throughout that series and throughout those games. And like I, like I said in the deliberations, uh, really helps to define uh, a large part of who Ellie is. And especially, I mean, she's responsible for her being in the position that she's in, but she's also the character that almost... I almost want to say, like, showed her the last good time that, in at least in our experience with her, I would love for them to do another Last of Us where it's, like, set farther along and you just, Ellie is the main character, mm-hmm. Joel's no longer in the picture, whatever, he's already dead, I don't know. But Riley, I feel those moments we talked about earlier in the arcade and that emotional roller coaster that you go through with her and you watch her go from being this kind of like snub nosed little punk who just wants to kind of, you know, start fires and fight the good fight and all these things. And it's almost like it's a fantasy for her and then thrust into the situation that they're, they're put into in the mall. You watch her change in entirely within those moments and all of that, that whole world that she's built up for herself in her head and all these wild dreams of her running around with the fireflies all comes crashing down in front of her and you get to be there and watch it. And it's just really affecting and a really, really great uh, character. I'm going to add to Steve, what Steve's saying. The thing with Riley is, <clears throat> without spoilers, she is you know, not the star of the DLC. And you hear about her you know, in the beginning of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And in some ways you hear at her uh, hear about her in the end of The Last of Us, but here's a character now that comes in this three-hour DLC that changes everything that you think about The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line that Ellie, that, that Ellie says um, at the end, and, you know, spoilers for the next 10 seconds. But she says, <laughs> she says, it can't have been, it can't have all been for nothing. And now you're playing, when you're playing The Last of Us, the line means so much. You play Left Behind after you play The Last of Us. That line takes on an entire new meaning. So she's a character that changes your outlook of another of a twenty-hour game. She's fantastic. Agreed. All right. Anybody else? No. Ring a bell party. Don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's going to be so hard to even. I know. I know. Without. I'm so glad that he made the list because uh-huh. when you when you guys do get to bring him up, and he's he's up there, but he is just a lot of fun. You know, all it's a, all these other characters have such like weight behind them, and there there's so much depth, and you can really get into them. And Ringabell is just the kind of character that, like I said, in an RPG, you want him in your party <laughs> because whenever he's a part of the conversation or a part of the party, it's a good time. When he leaves the party. You're like, ah, where'd he go? He's gonna go gather roots somewhere. Come back. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that he has such growth over the game. Yeah, and then more reveal stuff that that you know you're like, holy shit. Uh, so yeah, that that's what makes him mm-hmm. such a great character to me. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're moving on to the big one. The 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 best game of 2014. Justin's like shuffling papers to get yeah, his yeah, speech yeah. ready. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, 
Our nominees are Destiny, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, Bayonetta 2, Shadow of Mordor, and Transistor. Woof. Those are our nominees. All right. Should like, we let Justin get his yeah, do your uh, thing, Justin. speech about Transistor out of the way? Okay. And added, <laughs> added one to the one he gave last week <laughs> to get it on the list. Exactly. You know, the, the thing about me talking about video games that I, I've come to learn uh, since we've been doing this podcast, you know, uh, my good friend Nick uh, texted me after listening to the show and he's like, congratulations, like that was a battle to get Transistor on. And I said to him, like, yeah, like I just... It's not easy to explain what makes a game great to you once somebody put, get throws up their first argument. You can be like, yeah, but then this. But then they're like, yeah, but then this. And then it's like, God, like, how do I talk about games more than just they're awesome and I love it and this is cool? And he's like, I don't know. That's what you need to figure out. And so I've been sitting here for the last week trying to figure out or last couple of weeks trying to figure out, like, what makes Transistor great? And so I kind of wrote down a page full of stuff. <laughs> And here's here's the thing about Transistor. So we have this six-hour game that's going against these games. Some of them are hundreds of hours long. So how do you take a, an experience in six hours and, and have it stack up to these bigger games? And you do that by having foundations. So Transistor's got so many selling points that I could sell to you guys. It's got, well, it's gorgeous to look at. It's, it didn't make our best-looking games, but we even talked about it tonight. Like, how did it not make it? I so, really don't know after yeah. playing it. I don't know. It's got beautiful music. It's got an engaging, deep, rewarding combat system. But the best part about it is it's only as deep as you want it to be. You don't have to go into it like crazy. You don't have to explore <laughs> as deep as you want to. But it's there for you if you want to, if you want to go deep into it. It's got three pillars for working for it right now it's made it to the game of the year list it also had one of the best characters of the year and the best music of the year so it's got three things that are standing out in a huge way how many other games on these lists can say that they've got multiple nominations in different categories i'm not going to talk badly about the other games but i'm just trying to bring out what makes this game so special Mm -hmm. i want you guys to think about something I want you to go with me on this journey right I now. I want you to I really think. I want you to. Th- I want you to think about something. Let's say you want to go buy a house, Bobby. You just got married. You want to buy a house. Now, you can go down Long Island in different areas, and you could be like, "This house is really, really nice." I mean, look at it. I mean, visually. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? I don't know. Visually, it's. I'm waiting for. The, I'm waiting. It. I'm really enjoying. I'm waiting for the 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 hook. No, no, so, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So Bobby goes and looks at this house. He's like, visually, this is a nice house. I mean, look at it. It's got a nice yard. Nice wraparound porch. It's in Mastic. <laughs> That's not a great neighborhood. No. So I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go somewhere else. And so you go to this house and you're like, yeah, it's, it doesn't look really that great. But it's got a nice school. It's got a really nice school system. You wouldn't buy a house in any of those places. You wouldn't buy a house in any of those places. You would want to find a place where there was amazing bits of everything. Where it's got, it's a nice house. It's in a nice neighborhood. It has a nice school system. You would look f- when buying a house for those things. Transistor's that house. <laughs> oh my! God. That was amazing. Transistor's um, transistor has amazing, wonderful qualities in all the things that make games stand out. It looks great. It's got awesome combat. It has a cool story, and it has beautiful show-stopping music. Taxes are unbelievable. Yeah. The t- yeah. And he's got, you know, yeah. the taxes aren't that bad. It's not that bad. 
the Seven Eleven right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I see. That was great. There's Come so on. many things that people could throw against this game. Like you know, oh, it's got that. You know, Jackie, we talked about this during our quick look or our look back or yeah, whatever, yeah, we're, right. wherever we're calling <laughs> we it for copyright reasons. There's no copyright. We don't have a name for it. Look back. According to our site, they're looked back. So during our, during our look back, you were saying like, yeah, but like, you know, it has all this combat, right? Mm-hmm. It has this combat that you can, you know, you don't need to do it. No, you can force your way through You can force game. your way through it. Yeah. But like, to me, you could force your way through any game. Like, we don't hold, we don't hold Destiny. Like, we talk about how great the gameplay is in Destiny, but we don't hold Destiny to some standard that, you know, yeah, you know. I used an assault rifle through the whole game. Yeah, I don't know, but that's not true because if I'm a level I, 24, I I'm, do. Yeah, I'm not yes. getting through a level 29 mission as a level 24. You, know, sure. you have to progress through that game. But the thing is, yeah, you can use you can use the same gun throughout the whole game. You can do it, but you could also try different ones that do different things. Mm-hmm. You can try, you know... Uh, different weapons that make things easier for you we can play shadow of mordor and literally bash our way through the game with the sword you can do it i almost i i I tried doing it i went against multiple captains and just stunned them and then smacked the crap out of them but it's much more it's much more rewarding to use the systems that they put into place for you but i'd say it's kind of subjective as to whether you find that rewarding in that game and sure. for me like transistor you know i loved it i think it does have all of those qualities you spoke of but also once i forced my way through that game i did not want to go back and find a different way of doing the combat sure but that's the way i did it was fine but that, then your view is also subjective because i found it to be the complete opposite way but just because i don't they- want to spoil anybody's pot here this is all subjective oh yeah of course <laughs> i mean uh, there are no facts going on here <laughs> But right. we, it, it seems like it would be the wrong thing to hold to, to hold the game accountable for the fact like you have this great amazing system, but you didn't force me to use it. If you were forced to use it, you'd be like, "There's a good chance that you'd sit here and be like, well, I didn't really like doing that combat, so I didn't want to do it anymore, and I didn't like the game.' It gives you a choice. It gives you two paths that you can walk down. Sure." You could take the cool moves, the same three that you want to use, and use them over and over again and beat the game. And once you're done with it, you're done with it. That's fine. Or you could choose to invest deeper into the rabbit hole and find different combinations and, and different weapons and, and different play styles even to experience the game in a completely different way. You're absolutely right. But the thing about this, is, and we talked about this a little bit, is that, and I guess it's very subjective, but the game, the game for me has to make me want yeah, to do that. Exactly. Even if I don't do even if even if... If I go through the first playthrough and I'm like, wow, I just steamrolled through this. There seems like there's a lot else here that I could have used. If the game doesn't give me something for yeah. me to go, I want to go back and learn this combat system right. more, then it doesn't matter that if you on your third playthrough you finally really yeah. understand everything. You've got If it's not giving me the first time around, most people are only going to play a game once. Yeah. You know, So for me, I really like Transistor. I, I like... For me, and I'm only I'm only bringing up any sort of mega point because you opened the floodgates for this. <laughs> um, is that for me, Transistor was a, a very stylish package that I enjoyed being in that world, and I enjoyed what of the story I understood, and I enjoyed the visuals and the music immensely. Yeah. But I did not really love playing the game, and I didn't just bash my way through with with four abilities. I liked the idea of it. I liked the the structure of it, I like that it was it was challenging you to do strategic things, and there were times where it really worked for me. But I, I gotta say, for mo- to get, th- I didn't, I had to pick back the game up and make myself finish the game. Yeah. Um, so that's why for me, you know, a, a, you know, 
even though it, it has for me it, it's a really nice neighborhood but the <laughs> the house is like is kind of like I'd say it's, given, it's missing given, a lot of yeah. amenities you know and it's I'd like, say given the option I would happily rent that house yeah absolutely <laughs> you know but i think the points you make are great you know and, and i think it's awesome that you have the passion for this game that you do because it, it's not because it, it's you know um it's not my favorite game of the year and um i'm not going to vote for it very highly in this thing but i'll tell you this it does it's the most interesting and experimental game on, on this entire list mm. And th- and this this category especially is going to be near impossible to sway people's minds. Everyone right. has their mindset yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah. Um, so it's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I absolutely. I do not have my mindset, so I am open ah. for <laughs> suggestions well, as to which way my vote should go. Well, uh, I will take my wallet out. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I like kidding. chocolates yeah. and flowers. <laughs> Great. I, I mean, I talked about it when, to get it on this list when we when we did the nominations, but for me, Shadow of Mordor um, does just about everything I want a video game to do. Um, I love the act of playing it. Every moment that I'm playing it, mm-hmm. I am engrossed in, in what is happening. I actually got to play this over Christmas. Yeah. And when this went on the list, I had been, I would think maybe an hour in and I'd said how frustrated I was when I first played it. So having listened to your experiences of playing it, I went back in and it was a whole different experience. And I yeah. loved it. Love It's like the game that was tailor-made for me, I felt like yeah, like the you know the level clear, like the clearing out the areas and opening up the towers and the combat mm-hmm. and the puzzle solving aspects of you got to kill that war chief mm-hmm. and there is a way that you can kill that war chief yeah, but you got to take a few steps before you can do it yeah. I mean, we we played for a little bit um, on Justin's uh, finished game on, on the other day and we got this big combat encounter and we all thought I was gonna die. <laughs> I was screaming. I don't know how you didn't die. You know, <laughs> but the great thing about that game is that it, if you climb up a wall and and, and and you run over a roof and you wait a little and you're playing your strategy, it, it's not going to end the mission for you. You're not going to be taken away, you know? Um, and I, I climbed up a wall. I ran around. I, I, I caused a mayhem. I shot an exploding barrel. I knocked a piece of meat down so a Karagor came running over. And <laughs> yes. all of a sudden the battle started turning because it wasn't this united front of guys anymore. It was this mess they were all they were a mess they were running yeah. they were separated they were dying without me even touching them because of what i had oh, done definitely their way of causing chaos with various things you know in the vicinity yeah you've got a lot of choices as to how you want to play this yeah that's yeah. Fa- that's fascinating to me yeah and and the, again we talked about the nemesis system which i, I think is, is really amazing um the way it lays itself out uh and the way that it goes it can take a, a random character in the world and turn it into a boss character at the end. Yeah. I think it's pretty it's pretty special. Who was uh, your guy? I can't remember his name. Do you not remember? Yeah, you know, I, I played it like a month ago. <laughs> what the main dude? Yeah, do you remember your Italian? No, 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 no. Your, your nemesis. The, your nemesis, the nemesis. one that shows up at the very oh, end. Mine was Zog douche. <laughs> mine was Two Meg the literate. Rug the brown. <laughs> Justin, I'm sorry. Did you have more of a, of, of a pitch that you want to finish? No, I just want to jump across the table and strangle Jackie for saying <laughs> the game has so many systems for you to choose from. And what, what was the exact wording you just did? What you were talking about about Mordor, and it's like it gives you so many options and how you want to play it. To cause That's my entire structure on, on right, on, but, on but my point before is that, but the way whatever way Jackie played Shadow of Mordor, she enjoyed playing it. Yep. You know, and that's what it comes down to for yeah. from person to person, yeah. right? So even if Jackie decided she wanted to butt her way through Shadow of Mordor, if she enjoyed the act of butting her way through it, yeah. then that's all that really matters, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I loved the way that it 
gave you these systems and started building them. And and I, I, I loved that. I think the open world was kind of perfectly balanced with the amount of collectibles and stuff that you had to get. It wasn't overwhelming, but it was also fun to get that stuff. You know, I liked that some of it opened up kind of like cool, like side backstory stuff and lore stuff. I thought that was interesting. Um, I think the game looks very good. I think that when you get that ability where you can turn people to your side, (laughs) it completely changes the game halfway through. And it it does something, you know, that not all games do, which is it changes up its gameplay significantly in the middle. So you get a a, a new fire for for what you're doing. That, that battle brand. Yeah. Oh, I use that so much. I would love it. You get in a big mob of them and Mm -hmm. you just be like, turn you, turn you, turn. You could turn people in transistor. (laughs) (laughs) You can. You get the turn ability. It's true. It's true. But I love that you start out the game, and I started the game like I was, I was getting overwhelmed. I was, I died a bunch of times. I was running away, and then by the end of the game, you're like this unstoppable, (laughs) like supernatural killing machine. Yeah. You know that you just you walk into a, a a giant pack of guys, and you're just taking them out over and over with all these different ways. You can stop time with your bow. You can then, or you can do your your my favorite move, which was the teleport across the world and slice their head off move. Yep. But it was great when we were playing because Justin, you were saying right that you watched me play and you're like you played completely differently. Yep. Uh, th- than you played. Well, that's I, what I was going to ask you yeah. is how was it playing on someone else's character? Oh, he, who but he built had, it. He, he had like, everybody. He had all the unlocks, so oh, it didn't okay. matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he pl- Bobby played completely different than me. Like he used that shouter, uh, that shadow strike move. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I used it like once. Yeah. I was all about using the bow and then just getting in there and branding everybody in mm-hmm. sight. So like I wanted to keep guys alive just so that way I could let them do the work for me yeah mm. I, I would walk I mean the thing is like I used to using it before I had the brand power so I was I, I was using it a lot and I used it less once I was branding a lot of people but the first thing I would do when I get to a stronghold I would look for the, 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 the archer that was closest to me and I would do that shadow strike on top of his head and then from that position I would start planning out like what I was going to do in, in those moments yeah. and uh, it's, again it's the strategy aspect of it yeah. that's interesting and there's a lot of systems layer upon systems and systems um, and, and I, I enjoyed all of them and I just had a great time playing it the moment I'm playing of it I loved shadow mounting a grog yeah <laughs> <laughs> in fact I, I, I put this out on Twitter one of my favorite moments in that game was I was still fairly low level I hadn't really opened much up and I see one of those gigantic monsters mm-hmm. across the way and it's killing orcs randomly and I'm just kind of sat on top of a wall quite you know on the other side of a field and I was like oh I wonder and I shot an arrow at it and it turned around and it looked at me <laughs> and it came at me. And at one point I was hanging on the opposite side of the wall while it was picking up caragors and throwing them at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so actually for me, that's kind of jumped the list mm. for me. Definitely. Mm. I'm glad I got it on there though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shadow of Mordor? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've already... I. Here's here's my thing. I am in a position where we have one of my favorite games of all time. Is it, it made it to this list, and it was it was my horse. Um, but I'm struggling with the the idea that Diablo three, um, as much as I love it and as much as it did qualify to be on this list and stuff like that, um, I'm finding it hard to give it my top spot, even though I want to because <laughs> it's my favorite. But at the same time. Shadow of Mordor is a brand new game that came out in 2014. Diablo 3 um, Ultimate Evil Edition is a culmination of previous year's content that has now made it to consoles. Um, but one of the things, I've talked about the multiplayer already and how much fun it is and how uh, welcoming it is. It feeds off of an old formula. It kind of took 
Diablo 2 and strayed from it a little bit and then screwed it up in the beginning, but then completely and totally listened to its fan base and removed the aspects of it that people did not like. And I brought it up before, and then we were saying how that's 2015, you can't use that, blah, blah, blah. I'll use it here in that the game is constantly being updated. And one of the things that I love the most about Diablo 3 is that as much fun as it was in 2014, it is now so much more fun in 2015 because without having to pay a dime, I am getting my game upgraded constantly over the course of a couple of months. And they're adding boatloads of content, more content than you've paid $20, $30 for for entire season passes and you're getting it in one shot and you're getting it for free. Mm. They're adding new tiers of items. They're adding new areas. They're adding new loot goblins, like all these things that are making the game better. They're tweaking characters so that they're not overpowered. They're paying attention and listening and reading their forums. And they're, they're right in there with the players. Mm. Um, And even if, you know, even if it's not going to make it to the number one spot, uh, I think that it deserves to be commended for doing those things. And it's a very much a, a game that the people that make it are very passionate about making it the best Diablo that they possibly can. Um, with that being said, I am fully behind throwing my weight uh, behind Shadow of Mordor because I have just been over the past. I've only been playing it for maybe about a week and a half. I have had so much fun playing that game in this week and a half that it's it's been one of those things where when all I wanted to do was play Far Cry and then I had, you know, finished that and moved on. Now all I want to do is play Shadow of Mordor. Mm. And the things that I've done, the strategy and and all the things that you guys talked about, it's so sweet. And and those moments where you um I said it I think last night when we were talking about it briefly that you could run into somebody in the beginning and the nemesis system is so brilliant and so intuitive and so cool that it just, it remembers. And there's so much dialogue to tailor made to however many interactions you've had with this one thing that it had been, you know, five, six days that I hadn't seen this guy because he was on the other side of the map. And then all of a sudden, just randomly in battle, it's, you know, mm. Zog, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, oh, hey, it's you again, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like sitting there, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's you. I'm going to rip your eyeballs yeah, out. your eyeballs out <laughs> and wear them yeah. for a necklace. Yeah. My favorite was how many times do I have to kill you before you stay dead? <laughs> yeah, that one. And like when Me you're... bag. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're nearing them and they're coming onto your map and all of a sudden the game slows down and they zoom over to where he is yeah. and everybody starts mm. chanting. And my guy, and I said this last night, my guy's name is Zog Douche. So all of a sudden, <laughs> like I'm playing the game, dude, Zog Douche, Zog Douche, Zog Douche. And I'm like, really? Really? Random generator name thing. And yeah. you chose Zog Douche to be my nemesis for this game. And you're chanting this over and over again, making me laugh so hard that I can't beat you because I'm just laughing at your name. Um, yeah, I, I mean the story. The story is kind of. I'm not really like attached to the Lord of the Rings as a whole. I enjoy it. I like it. But that's about as far as it goes. It's kind of how I feel about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I just never really got into those things as much as some other people have. You don't like the lore of the rings. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh boy. But uh. here's the thing, though, <laughs> is that despite my not having like a predilection for the material, I am still so engrossed in just the gameplay and the mechanics of it and the nemesis system 
And meanwhile, playing it with a friend of mine who really is into the Lord of the Rings stuff, he's sitting there loving the story aspects of right. it. So there's something for each person in the room and each participant that is playing the game. Mm-hmm. I do have one itty bitty tiny little complaint. Just okay. Because, you know, I should. Um, this is your Jackie. <laughs> there is a choice of skins when you play the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Right? Which you can't change once you start the game. Okay. Um. And what you do is you're playing as the female character that you run across halfway through the story. Yep. So that led to the interesting thing of I would be playing as a female character, but as soon as there was any story with no explanation, I'm Talion again. Yeah, that <laughs> no was really confusing. No explanation whatsoever. And then it did lead to the really interesting and funny, I screenshotted this because it made me laugh so much. I rescued myself and carried myself <laughs> when you were car- out yeah. of the fort. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I actually had to start the game over again because I, I found that to be really confusing yes. and really off-putting. I just kept saying, I didn't even think, I didn't know you could change skins yeah. when yeah. you no, started. I just went in yeah. and looked and yeah. thought it'd be interesting, but you know, it really does, it kind of stunk a little bit of like, oh, let's throw a female character in, but really well, it's not a female character. Because the, the dialogue I couldn't because I, I I was new to the game. I couldn't tell if I was the you know angry ghost guy. Am I Italian or kind of am both. I? You, yes, I know. I yeah. know that now. Yeah, but I'm saying when you chose when I chose that skin outright because I I like yeah. playing as female characters. Yep. That all I found was that instead of it being like this really cool thing, and I understand that it's a skin mm-hmm. and that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. But the presentation of how you morph in and out of being in that skin and then back to that character and then out of that character for story moments and then back into that yeah, character again. No explanation. It's really off-putting and confusing. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really my only complaint about the whole game. Yeah, gotcha. Rob, do you want to talk about Bayonetta? Sure. Well, <laughs> you're fresh off. I am fresh off. Uh, I mean, that took you, what, about a week or so? Yeah, probably. I mean, maybe when I actually started playing, it took me about a little less than 10 hours to end up beating it. It was really because <laughs> I ended up jacking down the difficulty at one point, and then, and then I was fine, and I was running through yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's when he had texted me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... F- you're talking about a package. You're getting both games on that disc um, and a remastered Bayonetta 1, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo put their touch on it, adding mm-hmm. character skins and mm-hmm. special moves and stuff. <clears throat> but just, man, oh, man. Like, <laughs> I, I can't say it enough. Just the wackiness and craziness of that world, uh, the the beautiful gameplay flowing uh chain of attacks Mm -hmm. um and then just just the worlds that they send you to uh, are insane yeah like absolutely it's it's like a fevered acid trip yeah there's there's two there's i think it happens more than once but uh, um when you're fighting the uh the the lumen sage okay and you know you have like your like hair avatar that like this giant demon creature that comes out the hair dragon and then and then the lumen sage has his own like big avatar and while you're fighting the lumen sage on this like platform the two gigantic huge things are fighting behind you and they interact with the fight as as it's going on it's crazy and then spoiler not really spoiler but when that happens the last time yeah and then your two yeah go together yeah to go after the baddie yeah that was mind-blowing yeah absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing you know satellites coming from the sky yeah, yeah. shooting at dodging <laughs> satellites and the scale is insane yeah like oh. we, i just watched bobby play like the first level yeah and uh. running across that bridge like you're on top of something going across a bridge and that thing's running next to you oh yeah when that thing is chasing you on the bridge yeah yeah, yeah. Just, like, mm-hmm. see like the whole cityscape in the background yeah and... yeah now 
what skin did you use the most? Well, for most of the game, I just used the regular skin, but then oh. I cha- I used the Star Fox one for for most of the like the last part of the game. I, was, I had the Star Fox skin on. So you got the <laughs> the Star Fox kind yeah. of nod. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. end. Yes, that was also like that. Only happens if you wear Star Fox. I know, I know, I know. Ah, oh. it's fantastic. So what happens is like obviously there's all these Nintendo skins that you can put yeah. on. Yeah. Um, you know, she has little fox ears and so yeah. good. Um, so there's a part where you're heading to the final boss and. All of a sudden, you're on Fox's ship. Like mm. it looks exactly like Fox's ship. It's an Arwing, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do the little barrel rolls yeah, yeah. and everything. Like another, another Space Harrier sequence. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. But yeah, in the, like that, but in the yeah. Star Fox ship with, with right. those controls, yeah. and it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. God, I want another proper Star Fox in the worst way. It's coming this it's year. Coming. This year. This year. It's coming. Oh, Got to bring the, it on. The, the badass. Like the game is. I we play the game and every. It's the only game. That just continually one ups itself over and over and over again. But, you know, it can't be any crazier than that, and then it gets crazier than that. But one of the things I really loved about it in those fights, especially the first two fights with the Lumen Sage, um, when he's still masked and stuff, uh-huh. you cannot just you can't play the game the same way you play against other enemies because you because he blocks everything. everything. And he moves incredibly fast. So you get these situations where it actually reminded me, funny to bring up a, a game that I don't really, anybody ever talks about, um, Arkham Origins, when you fight Deathstroke. <laughs> and it's like, it's like this constant, like, you're, it's just, it's like counter, 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 counter. It's, that's what it's like in the game, you know? And, and it's these crazy moments where you're fighting, 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 you can't do it. And then you do that one, you get that witch time just right, and you fly in the air, and then you come down behind him, and you hit him. And then he swings at you, and you ju- jump in the air again. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy, like, you know interpretive dance that you're doing that's exactly the what game. it is yeah, yeah. it's a, you know it's just fluid fluid dance yeah that's a fucking badass game yeah. I love that game <laughs> it's now did, game. did you play the first one no I didn't so no you're gonna, I'm excited because the, uh, the, the first, the first disc is in there so I'm excited about that perfect first one's awesome too yeah I know that's what I heard I would I just like and the one thing about these games too is like I don't play those kind of games those character action games that take mm-hmm. like crazy ass combos and all that stuff like I never really got into Devil May Cry none of those kind of things what you ever played Beautiful War? Joe? no I never played Beautiful Joe oh you gotta play Beautiful <laughs> Joe dude no God of War God of War but God of War is a little bit different God of War is not as like um, it's not as fast as a game frenzied. yeah frenzies as a game like that um, so I never really got into the, those games and the only reason I played Bayonetta was because I heard so much amazing stuff about it and I loved it even not being a huge fan of, of that genre so um, yeah, I love Bayonetta too. Great stuff. All right. All right. Anybody else have anything they want to say? We good? We good? I think we're good. I think so. All right. So um, we're going to take a little break and we're going to tabulate the votes and we'll come back with the winners. Yes. Stop it. Okay. Got <laughs> seeds. <laughs> well, all right. We are back. Bobby has tabulated our votes and we are about to crown the winners of our best games of 2014. First. Talking Comics Award. I did it. I knew it. Damn it. First Talking Games Awards. I'm going to lose my job. Well, technically, it's, it's, you guys are part of Talking Comics, so it's not it's totally wrong. Ha ha. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to you before I do anything else to make myself sound foolish. All right. So, most anticipated game of 2015. The winner is. Oh, the nominees are. I'll do the nominees. The nominees are No Man's Sky. Uncharted 4, Thief's End, Bloodborne, Batman Arkham Knight, and Legend of Zelda Wii U. And the winner is No Man's Sky. Shocker. Winning by one vote over Legend of Zelda Wii U. That actually is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, And our listeners 
chose Batman Arkham Knight as their most anticipated game. Oh, cool. Sweet. Yes. Uh, all right. So best moment of the year, we had The Last of Us Left Behind, The Arcade, Valiant Hearts, The End, South Park, The Abortion Clinic, <laughs> PT, The Door Slam, Bravely Default, Bad Guy Reveal. And the winner was Last of Us Left Behind, The Arcade. All right. Mm-hmm. Winning handily in that one. Um, next up, we have publisher of the... What oh, was, uh, oh, listeners. listeners. Good, good call. Best thing in moment for them was The Last of Us Left Behind DLC. All right. Connecting in the guys. arcade. We agree. Uh, all right. Publisher of the year. Our nominees were Nintendo, Telltale Games, and Activision Blizzard. And winning by one vote, Telltale Games wins. Whoa! <laughs> Justin is very happy Really? Right yeah. It was very funny. I was going through the votes and... Jackie had voted for Activision at two and Nintendo at one. And I was like, I, I don't think that's going to matter. Ended up mattering. Because <laughs> it would have been a tie if it hadn't been for that. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. And our, our listeners chose... It's a dead tie with our listeners between Nintendo and Activision, both with wow. 37.93% of the vote. Wow. Yeah. People need wow. to play more Telltale games. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so uh, let us go to the next set of categories. I'm going to get the listener ones up here, too, so we can go right into them. Um, and that would be Best Music. Our nominees were Transistor, Destiny, Bravely Default, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, and Far Cry 4. And the winner is Transistor. All right. What was second? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What was well, second? Yeah. Um, Destiny was second. Okay. Uh, okay. With uh, with 18 votes, Transistor at 22. And Brilliant Default was only a, one vote behind Destiny for second place with 17. Um, listeners? Our listeners, they voted for Destiny for best music with a whopping 45.83% of the vote. Oh, Everybody yeah. fucking hated Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, best looking game is next up. Our nominees were Destiny, Child of Light, Bayonetta 2, Sunset Overdrive, and Infamous Second Son. And the winner is Child of Light. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, I'm happy about that one. Pretty handily as well. You were surprised? I kind of am surprised, but I'm very happily surprised. This is my number one. (laughs) I know. That's good. I was backing you up. But like, you know, when we did the noms, I really didn't think it would. It was one of the most, it was one person's number one Mm -hmm. and it was four people's number number two. That's why. So that's very, very good. It was my number one too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So, maybe, so maybe, a double maybe. one? No, so, so to, no. Just it was Justin's number one. It was your number two. Okay, I'm, I must have moved. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and listeners. And listeners, uh, for best looking game, Destiny takes it with thirty-seven point five percent of the vote. With mm-hmm. Infamous Second Son coming in second with twenty-five percent of no. the vote. Not uh, bad. Not bad at all. All right. So best download only game. Our nominees were Transistor, Child of Light, The Swapper. Hearthstone and Valiant Hearts. Did we buy that house? <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is the Swapper. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty pretty handily uh, uh, as well. Um, but uh, Hearthstone, Valiant Hearts, and Transistor were all separated by one vote. Hmm. Okay. So very, very close there. And our listeners for best download only game chose Hearthstone. 33% nice. of the vote. Well done. Um, all right. So let's go on to the next line over here uh let's see what we got best multiplayer game uh 
Our nominees were Destiny, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, Towerfall Ascension, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, and Titanfall. And the winner is Destiny. <laughs> Yay. By, by a wide margin. <laughs> um, actually, Diablo, Towerfall, and Super Smash Brothers all got the same amount of votes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, all right. And our listeners uh, for best multiplayer game chose Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U with 44% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Our listeners know what's up. <laughs> 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 all right. Character of the year. Our nominees were the Transistor from Transistor, Ring a Bell from Bravely Default, Riley from The Last of Us Left Behind, Anya from Wolfenstein The New Order, and Emil from Valiant Hearts. We had a tie. Uh-huh. Ooh. Riley from The Last of Us Left Behind and Emil from Valiant Hearts tied with 18 wow. votes apiece. Um, Riley, however, got two first place votes and Emil got one. So our winner is Riley from The Last of Us Left Behind. Very nice. Um, very close. Anya got 16, just two votes behind the others. So very good showing there. Um, best character of the year for our listeners, Riley from The Last of Us Left Behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a transistor coming very close. Uh, second place right there. And now we've got the big one. We've got Game of the Year. Our nominees were Destiny, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, Bayonetta 2, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, and Transistor. And the winner, handily, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. (laughs) Wow. With 21 votes. Um, In second place was Destiny with 16, Bayonetta 2 with 15, um, in fourth place, Transistor with 13 votes. And in last, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition with 10. You fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, our winner uh, on the for our listeners was Destiny with 33% of the vote, followed oh. by Shadow of Mordor, uh, then Bayonetta 2, and then Transistor coming in. Cool. And uh, actually, Diablo 3 came in last. That's okay. <laughs> it could be my favorite game. I know. You guys can all... No, I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so those are our winners. Uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is Talking Games 2014 Game of the Year. Well deserved. Oh. Very cool. There you go, yeah. Very happy with you that. You know the interesting thing? Is it's, I think, the only one on that list that did not get a single other nomination in any of the other categories. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Didn't you try for Ratbag for character? No, I tried for Kelebrimbor for, for character, mm-hmm. but it did not happen. Who? The, the your your wraith guy, your elf dude, your elf dude. Me, he's the most interesting <laughs> character in the game. <laughs> he's such a he's such a downer. Yes. So, oh yeah, because the other characters that were nominated were so were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I think they're all the rest of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they might be. <laughs> dead right. guy and a sword. Yeah. Anya's alive. It's true. That all is right. true. Anya okay. is alive. But for how long? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. So I'll turn it back over to you guys. But uh, yeah, so that's that's our our list of winners for the 2014 Talking Games Games of the Year. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go. Um, we are officially back for 2015. If you need to get in touch with us, we are at Talking underscore Games on Twitter. If you want to email us, it is TalkingGamesPC at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkingGamesPC. Uh, be sure to check out the Talking Comics podcast, which is at Talking Comics on Twitter, the Misfits podcast, which is at the underscore Misfits, the Talking Movies podcast is at Movies Talking, and the Valiant podcast is at um, is it Talking Valiant? Valiant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Talking Valiant. Mm. And uh, yeah, guys, um, as always, you know, review us on iTunes or whichever um, 
system or, or service you use to get your uh, podcasts. And um, yeah, you know, hang out with us for this year. We're going to be making a lot of changes and doing a lot of uh, positive stuff to make sure that we make the show uh, better than ever. And uh, we want to thank you for hanging out with us during these deliberations the last couple of weeks. I know it's been kind of crazy not having the regular show, but we really hope that you enjoyed it. And um, I want to extend a very, very um, warm thank you from everybody to Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. For uh, joining you. us and kind of steering the ship uh, through our first awards ceremonies. It was my pleasure. Well, we were glad to have you. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, that's going to do it for everybody for the first uh, Talking Games Best Games of the Year. Um, so uh, if you want to get in touch with us personally, um, my Twitter handle is at dead underscore anchorus. Bobby? At Bobby Shortle. Justin? At Jaroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. Rob? At Dusk1020. And Jackie? At Jackie Turner, J-A-C-Q-U-I. All right, you guys. Be excellent to each other. Happy uh, 2015, and we will catch you next week.